What is up, Chomp Nation? Welcome to another edition of the Chomp Cast. We know life is precious and your time is valuable, so thanks for making our show part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, we got those legendary life boons you need to survive 2021. Don't forget to check out SwordChomp.com if you want our written reviews, merchandise, podcasts, Patreon, and more. But this is basically the first official, official Chompcast in many ways of the new year, as we just finished Game of the Year. So, you know, um, I wanted to start this uh, introduction with a story, guys. I um, It's heartbreaking. I um, <clears throat> was doing my usual, you know, TikTok swipe and... Uh, get hard on TikTok. I do that every night or whatever before I go to sleep. And uh, I stumbled across a video. I'm calling the police. Yeah. My feed feed is just mostly hot chicks and uh, animals, like animal videos. It's a really weird combination. So there's like, you just get a boner and then you'll see like a a, a lion ripping an antelope in half and then the boner goes away. It's a really weird thing. Um... (laughs) Anyways, um, yeah, I was I, I came across this video <laughs> of a uh, a hippo scaring a gang of hyena off of a young antelope. Um, it was a very short video, but in this video there was like a, a young infinite. Well, I wouldn't say infant, but it was a young antelope, a cute little thing, and these. Five hyena, four or five hyena, were basically grabbing it from all directions and trying to rip it apart alive like hyenas do. It's pretty pretty gruesome stuff. Um, and this hippo comes bounding in just out of nowhere and scares all the hyena off. And the little young antelope, in, in, a, in a panic, knowing it's free for a second, runs. And it kind of it runs into this, like, valley of mud. It's like a trench filled with mud. Um, but it appears to be safe for the time being. That's where the video ended. But I was reading some of the comments and people were like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not where the actual video ends. You should go find this thing. So against my better judgment, I looked up the actual ending of the video, which was not so happy. Um, in which case, the video resumes on YouTube <laughs> where this poor little antelope, I don't know what was going on with this hippo. It was just freaking out for whatever reason. It didn't really want to eat the antelope. It was just really agitated. It picked up the little antelope that was now covered in mud, slung it to the ground, and the antelope was now paralyzed but alive. And then the hyenas came back and started ripping it apart. So instead of just being ripped apart before, now it was paralyzed and covered with mud and being slowly ripped apart. Um... That antelope was my soul. Yeah, during we Game all voted in so. 2020. That was we we, we understand <laughs> yeah, that, the feeling. That was. Are you uh, sure you weren't just watching The Lion King? No, no. Although the stampede was hard. That's it. The stampede was rough. Was one of was one of the hyenas Eric Andre? Because I feel like you're definitely <laughs> watching The Lion King. That's the thing. You think hyenas are all cute and cool when you're a kid, and then you get older and realize what hyenas do, and it's. It's not fun in games. Hyenas are really vicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all saw that Just episode like of Buffy with the were hyenas. Uh, of course. Um, anyway, that was my soul during Game of the Year. But you know what? That was that antelope. <laughs> that was my soul. But Game of the Year is over. And now a new dawn has come. A new year is upon us. And we are catching up today with a ton of games that we've basically been playing over the past month that we haven't had a chance 
to talk about Cyber Shadow, Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, Demon Souls, Demons Souls, The Messenger, Wargroove DLC, Deep Cock Galactic, <coughs> sorry, Deep Rock Galactic, <clears throat> Haven, Tiny Lands, The Medium, Hitman 3, Destruction All Stars. <sighs> I don't think I forgot anything. I left stuff off the list too. It's crazy. It's a lot of games. It is a lot of games. Um, I, I I played. Um, I can literally just interject this now because I don't have much to say about it. I played the that PS5 update uh, to God of War. Um, that game looks real good. 60 FPS. That's pretty much all I got to say about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's Rich Meister joining us from New York. The one and only Rich Master. Yes, Rich, I played it for about 20 minutes too just to kind of check it out. It does. It does. I've played like four hours. I'm probably going to go for the platinum (laughs) uh, now that it's got this update. Uh, That's that's cool. That's good. I mean, uh, that kind of stuff is exciting just getting those little updates uh, for games. Like that that game, that game was pretty as hell. So it's cool to see them, the studio supporting it in that way. Because, like, especially for people who haven't played it yet, like, that makes it that much better to go through. And it it was intriguing enough to make me go like, I always intended to get the platinum in that game, and now maybe I'll just see it through. (laughs) And it probably feels a lot more doable at 60 frames. Like, that that helps action games so much. Yeah, no, everything, the combat definitely feels smoother. The combat in that game always felt pretty damn good. Yeah, no, it it never felt bad, but, like, yeah. That that little bit throws real good now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. Makes the, uh, the counters feel better and whatnot for sure i was a little bummed that because a lot of games that are getting that are coming over and getting updates are getting a little bit more of the haptic feedback treatment but it looks great it looks uh it looks really good i mean well once they announce the i think once they announce the official date for the sequel i'll probably hunker down and try and platinum that one as well just to get mentally prepared because i've forgotten everything um but yeah rich we've got a lot to discuss today um and like we joked about last week, you got to play Cyber Shadow. We got a review code from Yacht, Yacht Club Games. So that'll be a lot. We actually all played that. We Some of these games, several of us have played. You're going to get the full-on three- to four-person uh, breakdown for a lot of this stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, which is good, because you had to do all your breakdowns on your own. With the I usually do mine in the, in the car on my lunch break. Mm. Yeah, love a good breakdown. Um, joining us from Japan, the one and only Shay Layton is here, um, and he gifted us with a wonderful new sound clip for the bank. Holy fuck, big fucking news! Everybody, get the tarps out! Fucking buckets of lube! We're jerking off to some trap! There. <laughs> I already forgot about that. Well played. I didn't know what I was going to do for the intro, but you actually uh, provided me with one. So thank you. I see my reputation precedes itself. Yeah. Uh, Shay Layton as Bilber as, uh, no, that was just a joke. Cause I sent the, <laughs> I was at the gym and I saw somebody <laughs> announce that there was the a new trap trap dropped a new single. So you had to go check. You know, trap is still dropping singles, baby. Single. Yeah, hmm. they, they that just means they, they expect they, radio play. People still listen to the radio, be. right? Mm. Josh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but <laughs> that new single will be played at your local Midwestern rock radio station still holding on to the early 2000s as the good old days. 
it will mm. still get played. In the evening, back yeah, off. We'll take it. you on. I'll try not to think about that when I'm alone at night. It's, it's that's right, that's right, Richmeister. Tonight we will be having an three-hour block of your favorite new, new, new metal. Starting off with "Boom" by P.O.D. <laughs> it's the Headstrong Hour on ninety-three point four. Hey, Just one hour straight of taking you on. It's boom. Here goes a boom. Hey, I'll take boom by POD over click, click, boom by saliva, to be honest. Remember I that? hate to admit wow, that I used a, to love both of those songs. And you know what? <laughs> I could still sing the lyrics to both of those songs. Is that all you got? I'll take your best shot. Is that all you got? There you go. I like Choo Choo Rocket. It's unrelated. I was just thinking about it a lot today. I don't know what any of those words mean except rocket. So this guy doesn't know what Choo Choo Rocket is. This is don't you, are you don't you host a gaming podcast? Choo Choo Rocket is that like a Japanese Tetris? Tetris. Um, I mean, that wasn't the worst guess. No, like that's there's <laughs> an argument. That's what I'm thinking of. Poyo Poyo, right? That's what I'm probably thinking of. Well, you're really just lumping puzzle you know, games into. I just got a great deal on the PS5 version of Poyo Poyo Tetris too. I bought it for thirty dollars. You know, Rich, <laughs> he was just fucking with you. Is the thing he is the gaming historian after all? No, he, he's he was, not. He's testing you. He was testing you. He knew. Thank you, Shay. Oh, then, right. then he should have known why I was talking about Popeye so much earlier. Yeah, he's a, he's a gaming historian, and the way that all those guys that say that the Nazis were socialists are actual historians, in the exact same way. If they were, I why are they always hanging out the at my local Seven Eleven? Hmm? I thought you're gonna, Josh. I thought you're gonna say in the same way that Dane Cook is an international icon <laughs> in 2021. I thought that's <laughs> the, the route you're gonna take. With international that. ladies' man, Dane Cook. <laughs> Man, At the ripe young brother. age of 48 fuck. is coming to hey. your town to fuck your local trim. Dane Cook will be back after <laughs> another 30 minutes Shit. of head This summer, wrong. Dane Cook is a janitor. I'm never going to get used to using the term trim. A term trim. Every time, every time you say trim, it catches me off guard. Trim. Doesn't that sound that, like that's the thing that a, makes you off guard? A, a contest that would run in like 2007. Like you enter a sweepstakes where like Dane Cook comes to your town and fucks your mom. There, there's a time when if I would you call in the next that. 30 minutes on your Nokia brick phone, Dane <laughs> Cook will leave you a message letting you know the date and time he's gonna insert himself <laughs> into your mother's pussy, pussy, pussy. <laughs> At the top of the hour, there's more chances to win. <laughs> he's just giving away his cock and balls to any lucky woman. <laughs> <laughs> Why is why is this bit still happening? I don't even understand how this sense. bit started. Um, it's yeah, poor Dane Cook. Oh, that's rough. It's all started because we were because we were I talking know, about Dan really Shepard before the bit. show started. Uh, no, I just mean like it's so sad that like I mean I shouldn't say it's sad, but like his brother fucked with a lot of money. He's basically a walking joke now. Even though a lot of people liked him at the time, they'll pretend they don't because they can throw him under the bus. It's just it's got to be bad. Yep. You ever like, you ever be driving somewhere and you see somebody who still has that uh, like Dane Cook like shocker uh, hand like sticker on their car, and you're like, the fuck is you that doing? what that is about? Is that, oh, is that yeah. a Dane yeah. Cook thing? Yeah. yeah. I I always assumed it, they were yeah. just independently pathetic. 
Whenever now you I understand. see that on a car. Yeah, no, now that's a very targeted patheticness. Okay, look. All right, if, so it's, it, all right, so it's a much more specific pathetic than I realized. All right. Yeah, I'm glad I could clear that up for you. Okay. Yeah, I'm I, proud look, to say I, I mean, had no idea who the fuck Dane Cook no, was, I only even when still, he was popular. I only still think about it because every day I go to work and somebody parks next to me that has it on their car, and I can't figure out who it is, and I really need to so I can stop talking to them. <laughs> Or you could you know, just be like, you know, hey, I understand you liked him at one point, but why haven't you removed it? I'm just wondering, why is it still there? You know? Which I don't know. Do they really deserve a second chance like that? Apathy? Mm-hmm. Everyone does. It's like right. you, you, you work at an auto body place. We could, we could take care of that shit anytime you wanted. We all yeah. spend time at the BK Lounge, Rich. Come on. Let's, let's be real here. There's me listeners that know exactly what I'm talking about, and we were all guilty at one point. Um... Anyways, uh, thanks for being here, Shay, of course. Um, joining us from Michigan, the one and only Joshua Fowler's here. I had to give some entrance music! That's the new trap single. I, I was introducing you with the new trap single. Oh, that's singer. why we had no idea what the fuck it was. <laughs> oh, it's the new trap single. Okay, all right. Fire. Wow, it's so great to be here doing a podcast in 2009. Man, 2009 was a fun year to do a podcast. We were doing a podcast in 2009, actually. We were. It's true. That was a firefight. Halo ODST. I was Uh, a sophomore in high school in 2009. Wow. I was living with a girl. We really should have asked his parents before we got him on this show. We did not. We did not think uh, this through. Uh, this is, I actually have a great story for them, Josh. This is true. I think Josh will appreciate this. I so would have been a the, junior, actually. I lied. During the, ga- <laughs> during the Game of the Year show two years ago, Josh, um, I went to Josh and I was like, hey, is there anything you want me to play before Game of the Year? And he was like, I, um, you should check out uh, Nights with Bikes. And I'm sorry, I forgot what the other game was off the top of my head. And I spent some time with these uh, smaller games. You ended uh, up playing then- Neverwinter Nights. <laughs> Yeah, never with her nights. And then I was giving, I was joking with Josh because whenever Game of the Year came around, he was talking about um, the Outer Wilds and this later Alligator game. And I'm like, these you didn't even recommend these games to me. What do you? And he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought there were you thought there'd be games that you'd like. I'm sorry. I was like, It's all right. It's all right. It's just I I just wanted to know what you're going to talk about. So this year I was like, Okay, Josh, no surprises. Recommend me something that it's going to be big for you. You know I. I don't want to be, it doesn't have to be something I'm going to like or not. Just something big. I don't want to miss this year. Just like the last year. And he was like, the pathless, go check out the pathless. So I bought the pathless and I was laughing the other day. I just realized that we had three game of the year podcasts. You didn't mention the pathless one fucking time. Oh, you, I'm, I am endlessly proud that I got you two years in a row with that. You did. You got me. (laughs) You've been pranked, idiot. I don't even like it's just like it's just funny because it didn't even come up in a category like nothing. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> talked about the pathless. We were talking about the design of like uh, didn't didn't it, it come it up when uh, we were talking about like best uh, fuck I can't remember. Oh, it, it I, brought up it up. Music, I brought it up. I brought it up during one of the ones that had a yeah. uh, gameplay. A really... Yes, you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I just thought that was funny. Anyway, yeah, no, I really liked it, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I think everything on your list I had experience because you had 
Hades is that I can fell. Although ironically, you could have told me to play I can fell if I were known. Um, let's see. I could have, but had... we already did about eight times a piece. So then you messaged me and we're like, Rich, do you want me to play anything? And I was like, I told you to delete my number. <laughs> uh, no, need to get you guys in on this next year. We can force them to play three games that won't be on our lists. That's a good call. <laughs> sick. You're sick in the head. Um, I, of course, in general, Mountain Time, Morgan here from Montana. Hi, Morgan. Um, hi. Hello, Shay. Oh, hello. Good to see you. <laughs> I feel like this is an alcohol anonymous meeting or something. Hi, my name is Morgan. Um, I'm Morgan. I masturbate to TikTok. Uh, That's three ho- three doors down. No. <laughs> no, don't please. Speaking of three Not doors four down. doors down. If you go down four doors, that's well, actually the help group. They're masturbating two, three doors down. Call me Superman. Yes. If I'm alive and well. God, that was a bad then one. will you be there? Holding my hand. I don't know why I'm singing that like the guy from Creed, but you know, here we go. You know, I was a little one. confused. I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was the, a choice. The big, <laughs> the big one they had Shay that connected with the military audiences and all the the mainstream was. Love me when I'm here. Love me when I'm gone. Take me when I'm there. Remember that one? Love me when I'm yes, gone. Yes, I do. That was a song about going out to get cigarettes. I don't even remember the words, which is sad, but <laughs> yeah, and never there, there weren't any words to the songs that were popular when we were in high school. None of them actually had lyrics. Never little, little known fact: they actually hired goats to uh, to be main singers for all of those all of those songs. How dare you? How dare you say there's no lyrics, Josh? I've heard twist from corn. Yeah, tell me those aren't lyrics. What's wrong with you? You want to talk about games? Nobody's familiar. Yes, please. Uh, Don't feel bad, Shay. I got you. uh, I also got a a new sound clip for the soundboard. You can quit this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You were so mad. No. Fucking quit this podcast. I I got that saved with the sound clip now. I got two clips of the sound clap or the soundboard. The sound clap. Josh. I believe it's pronounced claptrap. I really do want a soundboard. I really think that'd be great. All right, I guess we do have to talk about video games. Oh god, video games. Oh, let's see here. I mean, we once you've reached the pinnacle, you can only go down. All right, so let's start with. Um, yeah, Hades was great. I was well. I was going <laughs> to say Hades weirdly enough, that's what Morgan's wife said to him last night. Mm. No, well, she was talking about someone else, but she said it then. That was the implication, Rich. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Putting happy to be some, the fall down. Somebody Thank out there who didn't much. understand. <laughs> yeah, no. Me. Thank you yeah. for clearing it up for me. You're um, welcome, buddy. All right, so let's. I've kind of arranged these by general interest slash newness. So first up, I have Hitman 3. Uh, this game seems to be doing really well. I noticed it was number two on the PlayStation uh, charts today as well as it generally just a pretty popular game. Um, it seems like the series has gotten a little more popular as it goes along. Unfortunately, only Rich has played Hitman 3. But yeah! Pretty, yeah, I played a lot of Hitman. You put a review up, I noticed, on yes. the website. Swordchop.com, my review for Hitman 3 That's is up com. right now. Um, this is IO's final, quote-unquote, final chapter in the World of Assassination trilogy. Uh, it's still kind of hilarious that they actually call it that. Um, 
those games and I'm talking about IO stuff starting with the 2016 reboot have seen like this weird tumultuous road um which for anyone who's unaware like getting all that stuff to work together has been a project because they first published that first game under Square Enix then they published the second one under WB and then they finally went independent for the third one and managed to take that license and a few others with them um so they were able to wrap it all up uh as a one of the problems that comes along with that, it seems like a lot of the back end stuff for having that content transfer over because it, it really does feel more like a platform at this point. Like all the content from the past games kind of folds into this one. Um, it can be a project, especially if you're changing platforms. I played all of them on, I played the first two on PS4 and the third one on PS5. So all of my stuff was kind of just there. Um, getting my progress to leak over was a fucking pain in the ass. Um, to keep my mastery for those levels and everything. But having it all there in one place is kind of awesome because like the the main thing I want to stress is Hitman three adds another six levels um, to that ever growing roster. All six of the levels are fucking fantastic. Like I think some of the best and like bravest stuff they've been willing to try with the series. Um, But just in terms of like design and things like crowd density and like blending in and the kind of stuff they always wanted to do since the 2016 entry. It all feels like fully realized here. And that stuff goes back into the old, the updated versions of the old maps. Um, so just the sheer amount of like people on screen, like moving around and doing stuff and like these busy marketplaces and maps like Mumbai and Marrakesh, like it, it's just on another level and everything looks so pretty. Um, but like the smartest thing this game does is dare to sort of break up the formula. So there's still a lot of those, um, what they call the mission stories, which are really like the lead you by the nose, like go do this thing, go do this thing, go do this thing. And then you get to kill the person in a fun way. Um, and I typically do one of those always for like my first playthrough, just to get a feel for the map and an idea of where stuff is. Okay. And then just kind of turn loose after that to try and do other challenges and just see what kind of weird shit you can get up to. Cause there's a ton of that. Um, a handful of the maps in here are starting specifically with the third map, which is Berlin. They really throw the formula out the window. Like I, I talked to you guys privately about this map a couple of times and without getting like too spoiler on where the story goes uh, on the third map, uh, 47 finds himself without a handler. So there's no mission stories whatsoever. And rather than being the hunter, he's being hunted by 10 other ICA assassins. Um, and you That's have to cool. sort of blend in at this rave in a decommissioned nuclear power plant in Berlin and oh, nice. suss out who the other assassins are and take them out before they take you out. I like that. And it's all just like handled. So like it's easy enough to pick like basically you're listening in on comms to try and catch them in phone calls to be like, OK, that guy's a hitman. And yeah. then you have to find a fun way to take him out without, you know, blowing your cover or otherwise 10 guys are going to be down on you in a minute. Um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, if they're just making another Hitman game, you got to kind of find some creative ways to. Well, well and they're kind of flexing before they take it. over. You kind of don't because uh, like I think it works without no. that stuff, but I think it's that much better for trying it. Well, yeah, but I just imagine if you're the developer and you made this franchise people love you, you probably just don't. You're going to get bored making the same thing. You want to kind of push yourself. Plus, you know, they're taking over James Bond, right? That's the big yeah, deal. That was and I mentioned this in my review as well. Um, is the uh what there's a lot more like over the top action sort of stuff going on uh 
like the the first level um which is like this skyscraper um mm-hmm. in Mumbai like it starts with 47 parachuting in and mm-hmm. i sent you guys some of the pictures of that of like how There's fucking gorgeous move, the yeah. Cl- yeah and hitman levels levels have never really been like that but we know io is making a bond game and i hope some of the um i hope some of the hitman stuff kind of like bleeds into that because i think yeah. a lot of it is going to but they were trying a lot more of the spy action stuff like you have a new gadget in this that's a camera that just like you can point it at certain panels and it'll like open doorways and stuff like that um and I mean, the main thing I want to see is like, what do you do differently with a Bond game? And I, I think the main difference is Agent 47 is about as intriguing as a piece of cardboard. But that's yeah. kind of yeah. the thing that makes it funny. Like the idea of like Agent 47 is a chameleon, but he sticks out like a fucking sore thumb. Like, yeah. it, it's uh-huh. obvious to anyone that that's Agent 47. But no, no one can see through his disguises. He is he is a, he is a goddamn chameleon who can blend in in any situation. Yeah, no one seems to notice the. Uh gigantic bald man with a barcode on his head even if they've just talked to a person mm-hmm. and agent 47 knocks them out in a different room and comes back in wearing their wearing clothes their he's clothes like, <laughs> he's like yeah. good to, good to see you again mm-hmm. that's what that's what i'm wondering how how's the wife jim it's like <laughs> that's why that's why i want to see how they'll do it when there's actually stakes and you care well, about the character and it can't be so goofy i'm curious i care i that's... care about 47 more than i care about my own father um <laughs> i big fan of cardboard i guess well no i well again it's it's like comically cardboard like it's charming in its own sense especially if you're yeah, invested no, in the it, character yeah. and i think the thing you do differently with a bond is maybe there's some sort of like charm aspect to it like something like that i, I don't know that, that's nature. hardly the point like you can you can change things around to make the way you interact with people different because in hitman it's less about directly interacting with people and more about moving past them without them really paying much attention to you. But that yeah. again, that's what Hitman three does so differently. Like another one of the levels, um, the Dartmoor map is set in this big mansion that when you arrive, uh, there has been another murder, like not the one you're there to commit. And one of the first things you can do is you can take out this PI they've hired and dress up as him. And you could literally solve the murder. Like you can walk around the mansion and investigate the murder. And if you're willing to jump through all their hoops and figure out who the killer is, basically you get this opportunity to be completely alone in an office with your target while you're talking to them about like solving this murder for them. Like if you're willing to go through the dog and pony show, like it will serve up your targets for you. Well, dog shows are okay, but pony shows are not legal in the United States. Rich, That's your thing of a donkey show. (laughs) Sorry, you're right. Pony show, donkey show. You know, I'm pretty sure none of it's legal in terms of what you guys are talking about. But... Well, in terms of what, what he's talking about. Yeah, fair, fair. But I roped you in a ridge, so now we're all talking about a pervert. That's... No, but, um, <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it looks, uh, it looks appealing. I guess for me, as somebody who's never played the games before, I was hoping, unless they sent us a code, I was like, it looks it looks good. I just never played a Hitman game before, so it's hard for me to like throw $60 down on it. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like... Well, Morgan, don't be ridiculous. If you want all the content at this point, you're throwing in like $140. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in the same boat as he is, But though. these six missions... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chase. Sorry. No, I was, sim- I was simply going to say, like, it looks interesting, and I've heard really good things about this new Hitman trilogy, but... Yeah, not having ever played 
any of the Hitman games before, it was kind of a hard sell for me to personally drop a bunch of money on a game like that because I don't even know if I'm going to like it in the first place. Like well, it, it's uh, interesting, but it's a lot what of I would advise is um, I plan to do some streaming uh, of this game sometime soon, especially as the February content map sort of rolled out. Uh, I want to get back into doing the elusive targets as they drop, and I plan on streaming all of those over on our channel as they come up. For anyone who's unfamiliar, um, the elusive target system in the Hitman, these past three game series, has been uh, basically on one of the maps for like a five day span at points, an elusive target will appear. And the point is, you get like heavy map mastery and experience for taking them out, but they're only there for five days and you get one shot at the target. If you mess it up, they're gone. Um, and they've gotten real stupid with it. At one point during Hitman 2's run, one of the elusive targets was Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, so I had one one final serious question, though, for you, Rich. Does, um, because this isn't, I understand that it's controversial. Um, it, <laughs> it takes um, so much effort every time. It's just magical. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, anyways, does Timothy she appreciates Oliphant the effort. Reprise his role as Agent 47. No. No. Oh. I can't remember if Timothy Oliphant was 47 in the movie that was kind of okay or the movie that was egregiously bad. There's two of them? There, there I think he's in both There aren't any. He's not in both. There aren't any oh, he's not? Hitman movies. I think he's in the one that's kind of okay. The first one is Timothy Oliphant. That's the really bad one, I think. Oh, is that the bad one? Okay. No, they're both bad. I said the really bad one. Um, let's see. The other one was called eight. Oh, Hitman Agent 47. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. That was that... somebody named Rupert Freen. Friend. Rupert, <laughs> Rupert friend. Okay. Rupert. Sorry, Rupert. You did not. Oh yeah. It has a 20. Ooh, 8% Rotten Tomatoes. That sounds like neither one. one of them is a good film. Um, and I think part of that is well, like, I don't think uh, the, the craziest part is like at this point, like I was invested in the story of Hitman three. Like I was excited to see how it wrapped up. But again, like, God, I, I love the stale delivery of everything 47 does. Like, because again, he's like barely a person. He's Serpentor. He's the perfect assassin. Yeah. And you, like you said, you love him more than you love your own family. And he's barely a person. and He's cardboard. So I think it says a lot about you as a person. Yeah. Well, have you met people? <laughs> None that I've enjoyed. Mm. No. No, no. It's understandable. I don't. Um, that's okay, Rich. You just got to be like, I quit! All right. I need to go to the actual sound clip. Well, that, yeah, that looks cool. Um, there's a review up at, uh, there's a website. I'm not familiar with it. What's the website called again, Rich? It's over know. at swordchomp.com. You can click on oh. the reviews banner and check out yeah. a review for Hitman 3. And uh, by the time you're, as long as we're plugging the website and the content that's up on there, by the time you're listening to this, uh, there should be at least two of our top 10 uh, game lists for 2020 up. Woo! When is, so Shays is going up first? When is Shays going up? Shays, uh, it's Friday right now. Shays will go up tomorrow morning, Saturday, the Hot 6th. Damn. Cool. All right. Hot diggity dog. Speaking of hot diggity dogs, we also have a review up at swordchomp.com for Cyber Shadow. We do. Uh, what? Cyber Shadow. Game. No, no. What was that transition? 
Hot, oh, oh, I mean, I imagine with a sword like that, he can cut a hot dog really well. Huh. Um, right? Slice and dice. Maybe put the little hot dog. You, I got, I got mm, nothing. Mm. Uh, Cyber Shadow. Um, yes, Cyber Shadow is a neat game from Yacht Club Games. Published by Yacht Club Games. Published by Yacht Club Games. We couldn't really talk about it It was made last... by one person. One person. And it has the same composer as no. Shovel Knight. No, it does not. Oh, well, I'm out. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, go ahead. Who's who's the composer then? Uh, let me look up the name real quick. You can keep talking while I do that. Riveting radio. No, let's just leave it awkward and silent. Yeah, yeah, just leave it awkward and silent. Looking <coughs> up the name. He's gonna find it here soon. Composer is typing into Google right now. Composer. Clack, 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 clack. ASMR. Clack goes the keyboard. Oh, Looking for some hot trim. His name is Shaylee. Josh is going to edit this out, bro. Josh is going to get drunk. So it was produced by Jake Kaufman, who is the composer of uh, Yacht Club. But oh, it is... uh damn. Right? By, uh, pen- no, produced. Pen- that, means, that means he mixed and edited stuff. Sometimes producing has a little writing involved, but it's half credit. Go ahead, Rich. Really, uh, really sprung this on me, huh? Uh, <laughs> I didn't think it was that crazy of a I question. I believe he I'm goes sorry. by, well, it wasn't really a question. You just stated something that wasn't true, and then I had to correct you. Um, I believe Pentadrangle is the name of the composer. Um, well, if you Google it, it just says the composer for Cyber Shadow is Jake. It does, Kaufman. but it's not. I can tell you it's not from the press packet I received. All right. All right. Well, All right. I'm now hmm. I think you're now now you can see why this I thought is bizarre. it was right. All right. Tell me. We we are recording this on one computer over here that I mean obviously we, we know all computers are listening to us at all times. Of course. But you guys yeah. are on headphones on this computer and over my other computer. I clicked the box to type something in, and the search at the top, literally the first thing it asked me was, Composer Cyber Shadow. Ooh. I'm like... Creepy. Crazy. That's creepy. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, I think I listed it in my review, so I'm going to look it up proper. Yeah, I thought for some reason your review said that it was... It specifically the... said the opposite of that. Yeah, You know, the funny thing about that, though, is uh, if you do just Google it, it specifically says that it was composed by Jake. this other guy and then produced yeah. by Jake Kaufman. But when you just do the Googling thing, the name that pops up, like, you know, like they have their kind of Google summary thing or whatever, it says it's Jake Kaufman. It's Enrique Martin is the um, the composer on the soundtrack. Still, so the, their I, summary I wonder, isn't quite right, even. Well, yeah, I wonder why there's so much confusion by that. That's really well. Funny. I think Jake Kaufman composing it and kind of being Yacht Club's guy for that stuff is what ends up throwing the information off because I'm sure they had him mix it down because mm-hmm. he does great work and he is Yacht Club's guy. Yeah, and playing just playing some Cyber Shadow and playing some Shovel Knight. There's, I was surprised they were. Well, they're both very games. inspired by the same era of video games. Well, yeah. no, I mean just like the vibe of them, but yeah, Cyber well, Shadow. That's going to have a lot cool. to do with 
the production on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, Enrique. Um, you should be. <laughs> the internet doesn't believe that you composed this, and it's a travesty. Very it. odd. Yeah. We believe you. Hmm. Enrique Martin. And I'm going to reach out to Enrique, and we'll, uh, I'm going to get him on In the Blood. There we go. Do it up. I, 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 I yeah. should get no, you. Uh, when I tell you, you, you probably should. Yacht Club told us when they reached out to us that they have people available for interviews. Mm. You know what? You're right. You're right. They do. Actually, I that. need to get a hold of them. <laughs> I've been forgetting to do that, but I need to. Oh, you know what's fucking nuts? You know what's fucking nuts? And so the soundtrack is by Enrique Martin. I was looking at the press kit. It, I googled Enrique Martin, and the first thing it pulled up was guess who? Who? Ricky Martin. His real name is Enrique Martin. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually the same a... guy. He just uh it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ricky <laughs> Martin did the sort soundtrack of a, sort of a late Shadow. career pivot. <laughs> he changed the video game music. He just really played he really liked Ninja Gaiden and he was like, I'm gonna help out with this. Yep. That would have been the most amazing thing though, if it was true. Wow. The internet is Ninja a La Vida Loca. <laughs> From the wrong composer to Ricky Martin, thank you so much. What a journey! Um, yeah, I reviewed Cyber Shadow. We all we all played it like at least a decent amount of it. I want to say at this point, mm-hmm. um, that game is very much in the spirit of an NES game in terms of like pure difficulty. Um, but like one of the things I got to in the review that I think is one of its strongest points probably is there's a really unique checkpointing system. Um, that I think ends up feeling like even the littlest bit of progress is progress because you're sort of grinding out these, um, these little like currency orbs that are then used to upgrade checkpoints. So like, even like when you're just trying to slash your way through robots and getting like shit canned by enemies, like 30 times in a fucking row, every inch forward feels like you're making some progress and you're getting a little bit better at it. And also that game has a sort of precision for a platformer like this that just wasn't doable on the NES proper. So everything feels a little bit better. Um, it's not truly, it's not truly eight, eight bit though. Right? Like it's definitely a higher. It's stylized. Visual, yeah. To look like an eight, somewhere between an eight bit and a 16 bit game. It sort of looks like how you remember eight yeah. bit looking, but in reality, it's not well, anywhere near that. Actually, I, I saw um, those sprites are legitimate. I saw a, a, a recent um I can't remember if it, if it was a full game that they'd done or just like a like a tech demo sort of like a mock up of it. Essentially showing what you could do on the NES, except that so much of the limitations were based on um just like uh storage size and stuff like that. And memory and yeah. Yeah, so like what could you get away with yeah. if you just you know, essentially followed the protocols, but put in a much larger storage size in there to allow you to get away with things you couldn't. And it was, well, that was really a lot impressive. of impressive. And th- this kind of feels like, like that, like yeah. that, like, okay, like what, what could this machine actually do if it weren't held back? Absolutely. Constantly. Well, that was a lot of late cycle NES stuff, you know, it was like the console can't do this. So we're just going to slap a bunch of chips on the board mm-hmm. and this card's going to cost $90. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think as a pro and a con, 
an NES game, a Super Nintendo game, like, is kind of what this is, um, in a lot of ways. Like, it is, it is very old school, um, in, it shows you the history of... of the dev, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the uh, Machine Head Games, who is like uh, Mecha Skull, the guy who made this. Like his history in the industry is like he was making a ton of ROM hacks, mm-hmm. and then he was eventually just like, "I'm gonna make my own video game," and we got Cyber Shadow. Yeah, and it's it's it it feels like some long lost video game from that era it very much feels like that but just like an absolutely excellent game something that handles like a lost ninja gaiden sequel Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i initially i did not like it um the first night i played it i probably just wasn't in a good mood uh or i was like too tired because it was like it's a tough game, but I was like, oh, the music's great, but I'm just like, I don't know. But I I took some time away from it, and I sat down and really sunk my teeth into it this morning, and I actually was I was really, really enjoying it. Um, I think the things that it hits for me are the the art direction, the music, and the th- – those are the big things, really. Like, It's not like Shovel Knight level art direction great. It doesn't feel that iconic or anything, but – you know, it's 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 got a nice look to it, and it's got uh, a nostalgic style. And I think a lot of the color palette stuff um, really strikes me as like uh, it makes me think of like Super Metroid um, in terms of a lot of like the color palette choices of that like drab, mm-hmm. like neon. Yeah, I think it goes a little bit beyond that. Uh, having just come off the messenger, which we'll I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, coming to this game. This game very much feels like it was made during like the NES era in terms of everything that it's trying to do. And I really like that a lot. It feels like a tr- like a game that truly came out of that era. The music is very much inspired by that era. It, it reminds me of so many games I played during the Genesis and uh, the SNES era and even below that to the original. Um, or sorry, not the original, just the NES system. The music is awesome in this game, and I've really, really enjoyed the music. I think that's the biggest thing that has stood out for me so far. Just, it makes me feel nostalgic, and it's a game I've never even played before. But on top of that, yeah, the art style is very, very much reminiscent of a different generation of gaming. Um, I really, really enjoy it. And it's interesting to look at, too, because it's very dark and dingy, which obviously fits the theme of what's happening in the story in the game. It also fits the era that it's inspired by, where there are some things going on in the background here and there. But for the most part, when you're looking at the screen, everything's happening at the forefront. There's not a lot happening in the background. And it's interesting. It's interesting to go back to that style. Because when you're playing a game now, whether or not it's a game inspired by that era or it's a current gen game, there's so much happening in the background. There's so much happening in your peripheral to take in. But this game, there's a a lot of times there's kind of a blank or a minimalistic slate in the background. So everything you're focusing on is at the forefront. And it took some getting used to at the beginning because I haven't played a game like that in such a long time. 
Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was, uh, once I sank my teeth into it again today after a week of playing The Messenger and Demon Souls and taking a break, like, instead of just being like, oh, I really like the music, I was like, oh, this music is great. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take my time because it's a checkpoint-based game, and I'm going to go really slowly <laughs> and patiently from checkpoint to checkpoint. And it was still frustrating, but it was definitely the way to go because each checkpoint in this game is vastly more important to you than a checkpoint in a normal game because it's just so much hell in between. So yeah, once you kind of get that philosophy down, you're like, okay, just make it to the checkpoint and breathe. Um, but yeah, I, I think when I, when I fought the first boss and I, the music was kicking in and I, and actually beat the boss pretty easy. I was like, you know what? Uh, this game is actually, if this game is more of this kind of stuff, then it's, it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's, slavishly NES at times. It's not revolutionary or anything like that, but it's it's doing what it does. You know, I, I think the music really saved me when I felt like I was going to fall off the game, and I'm glad I did because now I've, I'm getting into it. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to... This is a game a lot of people are going to give up on because... It's punishing. A, it's punishing. B, it's not doing anything revolutionary. Like you're saying, it, I... I feel like the movement doesn't even get there. It does not even feel particularly the, good until the end of the game. The, but that I think that last movement ability changes how you play so much. Like, yeah, I, I think it would have been a lot better suited to get you those movement-based abilities earlier yeah, on. Like, because once it very clicks, because that it feels, feels so very much better. Good. But probably like six hours in is when you get those. Yeah, yeah. I will say one thing about the game is. I haven't, maybe my memory serves me incorrectly, but I don't feel like this is a particularly more difficult than games from that era or even the difficulties at the same level of games from that era. You know, I played uh, Wonder Boy and Monster World last year, and that game was pretty punishing at times. And it's in the same vein of being a platformer, um, a little bit, has uh metroidvania but not much i wouldn't i wouldn't really classify it as that it's not quite the messenger that game was much more punishing than this game and i feel like that's largely due to the checkpoint system in this game where it's a very traditional checkpoint system except in that you can replenish everything and buy power-ups at the checkpoints which is pretty unusual for this genre especially this genre when it's inspired by the the era of gaming it it was you know it was very late 80s early 90s inspired and at that time games were extremely i don't want to say crude but they were very basic in what they could do and what they figured out how to make things fun and rewarding while also punishing at the same time and i feel like this game has a good balance of that so it doesn't feel as difficult as games from that era, it still feels difficult. I don't want to downplay that, but I also feel like it's a little bit more forgiving because of those check that checkpoint system where you can replenish everything. I think it's the right amount of forgiving though. It's, it, it can be as punishing as games for those eras, but it finds ways to compensate that don't make it feel as unfair as maybe some games used to back then. Like, like upgrading the checkpoints to make them give you more shit is I think one of the smartest like design choices they made because it really adds to that incremental progress feeling of like, okay, I keep getting fucked here, but if I get enough orbs to get that sword upgrade from that checkpoint, then I think I can get through this passage. Right. Yeah. I think 
I think I would have fallen off the game if they hadn't introduced the the replenishing of your health or the replenishing of your special points. Uh, the the power ups not not as big of a deal to me. You can still make it through the game without the power ups. The power ups make the game a lot more fun and uh make swag blade all day combat a little bit more of a customizable experience for the player. But I think back to the, that era of gaming where you get to a checkpoint and you don't get your health replenished and basically you have to go back and kill old enemies to try and hope that you get the lucky fall of a, a little health vial or whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember that era of gaming and I remember how frustrating it was at the time, but it was what we had. And I think about 2020, 2021, um, when this game dropped and 2021, I should say it's, it has that sensibility about it, which I very much appreciate. Very appreciative of it. Yeah, I'm glad I bought it because I think if I had just checked it out on Game Pass or something like that, I might have just given up on it because it was so difficult that first night. But because uh, I bought it, I was like, fuck, I spent $20 on this damn thing. I better play it. Uh, but then I started to enjoy it. But yeah, it's $20. Tough. That's a two for 20 at Applebee's. <laughs> Yeah, and I had some Applebee's this week, and let me tell you, it was not okay. satisfying. Mm. Yeah, it not shouldn't be. It's not meant to be. They don't even carry the fucking fajitas during the pandemic. Pissing me off. What, um, what do you mean they don't carry them? <laughs> How do they get to your table? Well, specialized menu. They fly them in. They don't carry what, them with their what, hands. What, what, the, what, what do they keep meant. on the menu if not the fajitas? Like what? I mean, they still have the quesadilla burger, which I was happy about, so... But, you know, it's getting worse. The thing is, have you guys noticed this? When you eat a place, no matter where it is, if you eat it enough, you just start to taste the weird things about the food because you've had it so many times that your brain is like, the immunity is lost and you start to taste this. Hmm. Stop going to Applebee's. I don't know. It just, it's like. No, the rest of us noticed that immediately. Our first time eating at an Applebee's. Yeah. That's just an Applebee's. I don't know. I had a weird sexual. I'll uh, I'll, ha- I'll have the apples. <laughs> what are you holding up? Uh, Lucky Charms honey clover. Lucky Charms has honey clovers now. You, you tell us. You, huh. you clearly bought them. I'm calling Honey at Cheerios though, and they're not going to be happy. Lucky Charms honey clovers. They're brand new. Lucky Charms Cloverfield edition. It's just a bunch of monsters in there. Um, <laughs> that actually, that is the crossover <laughs> we need, especially with the sequel being announced. And the leprechaun is J.J. Abrams. Speaking of which, we have a poll later. We're going to talk about a giant lizard versus a giant monkey. Um, anyway, Cyber Shadow is pretty cool. There's a review up at Sword Chomp Dwight Quam. Um, that's <laughs> it's D-O-I-T. Exactly, exactly like it sounds. That's Dwight Sword Chomp. It's, it's spelled how it sounds. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm enjoying it, but I'm I'm like honestly, I'm only in the second level, so I'm not gonna say anything crazy about it. I'm not that far. Um, yeah, good, bro. That's fair. I'm about halfway right now. Uh, right before the podcast, literally minutes before the podcast, I was trying to beat the uh, fourth world boss. So, um, Son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm, I I'm, had that happen overall, me right for the really podcast. The game. A boss and the messenger was kicking my ass. Um, I got it down, but it just took forever. And I was like, oh, and it, it was the, it's like the big spirit thing right before the 
twist in the game where it's like a you know the wizards combine the, and it's like a big floating hand thing. Yes. They form Voltron. Yes. Yes. yes form Voltron. up Voltron. Voltron. The messenger. Really fucking good. I was gonna. I was gonna say before we launch into everything, Morgan. That's probably for me what was the hardest boss in the game out of all the bosses. So if that gives you any yeah. solace in that, yeah, that that's the one I struggled with the most. And uh, I was telling Rich, Rich and Josh about this when I was playing it. I I. I played that one late at night and I was getting frustrated. I was like, I can't beat this guy. I turned it off. I came back the next day, beat it the first try. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you just need a rest. You need to sleep on. Sometimes it, that's all yeah, it that, takes. You just need to put it down for a little bit and come back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got it down. I mean, that happened to me. It's the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, Look, you guys have to be careful. This is this is Rich's game of the year in 2018. So if we say anything negative, you might threaten to quit the podcast. So just everyone tread lightly. Um, Some of us can contain ourselves. I will say, Rich, that was that's a bold choice. Look, I commend you for taking that sort of a bold choice because 2018 has some of the most revered games ever. You're talking Sea of Thieves, Into the Breach, Red Dead Redemption, God of War, and you went with The Messenger. That's a, that's a ballsy pick there. Into the Breach was on my list. I don't think God of War came out that year. And 2018 was definitely God sure of War. I'm pretty sure it did, actually. I don't think so. Guys, what do we do when Rich finds out he's wrong? <laughs> How do we, we all drink? Um, we, so it's not just me. Definitely was 2018, Rich. Give me a second here. I'm trying to verify something. <laughs> You were just starting. Doesn't I mean, you have two guys telling you, but yeah. I mean, I don't I believe understand. either of them. Mm. Astrobot risk. I oh, you know what? Rich Meister's thing. personal picks. Actually, I found Rich's list at destructoid.com. Where and, the fuck do you uh, think I am, you big dumb dummy? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, The Messenger. Two, Spider Man. Three, God of War. Four, Hitman. Okay, two, so, well, five, Red. I thought it was, uh, you Six know what six. I was actually starting to think? I was starting to think The Messenger was actually 17. You can just say, I'm sorry I was wrong, Rich. It's I'm okay. never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the time knife will play tricks with your mind. There's lots of stuff I could do, but why would I give you that? Uh, you Into the Breach did make your list at number nine. Congratulations, you were. Yeah. And Monster Hunter World. That's a bit. Look at that list Monster Hunter World, Into the Breach, Tetris Effect. Astrobot Rescue Mission, Red Dead 2, Hitman 2, God of War, Spider-Man, The Messenger. So why? Why was The Messenger your number one? What's what's going on I here? I beat that game like three times in the course of that year. I mean, I don't need to defend my choices to you. Um, I would like... <laughs> you played that game? That game's fucking great. It's a really good mm -hmm. game. I mean, Morton's not wrong. There are some amazing games from that year. And I definitely... It's a very strong year. The, if I had played The Messenger during that era, it definitely wouldn't have been my number one, but it's a really strong choice as well. I, I, def, I definitely see why you could have put it there. The writing in that game, first and foremost, um, we're definitely going to be doing a Chomping After Dark on that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will have I to re replay it before we do that because, yeah, the, uh, the shopkeeper Dang, dialogue... I, I got it too. <sighs> the shopkeeper yeah. dialogue is some of my favorite stuff in that game. I mean, um, I guess, I guess if I have to, I'll, I'll play it again. But um, Jim, I'm assuming. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming you've gotten there at this point. To. 
Morgan's definitely not quite there yet. Like the whole bit with your hat that he does when you enter the. Uh, oh, I beat the whole game. I okay, whole yeah, game. you did. That's what I thought. Um, like when you enter the yeah. shop and he's just like, "Hey, it's a dope hat." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the next time you come in, he's wearing that too, and he just accuses oh, you of I stealing his that. style. <laughs> yes, uh, I loved that. Yeah, the right the writing. Did in you play it the Picnic amazing. Panic expansion? No, I haven't played that yet. That's um, I wanted to. I wanted to play it this week, but I also wanted to be able to talk about Cyber Shadow, that being a new game. Yeah. And that was the first one that I think all four of us have played this year that is a new game, so I prioritize that. But as soon as I beat Cyber Shadow, I'm going to go back to the DLC. Yeah, I would, I would highly recommend that as well. I had to go dig out yeah. the notebook. But no, the, the Find out where the messenger game. was. On my list, because we were all talking about it. It, yeah, I don't think it made your top five, Josh. No, but I don't remember. It, no, we, we it didn't come up on the podcast because it was seven. And since we only do top yeah, five, it that's didn't. That's fair. Yeah, I had to go track yeah, down I, my old I notes. I can see it being top ten for sure if you're if you're really into like like Rich has a strong affinity for the NES and classic, you know, eight you know eight bit sixteen bit game. I mean, I guess a lot of people do, but Rich more yeah. so than most people. It's I know. so funny the games you chose to pit up against it, which were not in the top fifty when we're talking about. <laughs> it. Yeah, but Josh. Anyways, no the 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 writing in it is superb, and the gameplay is super addictive. It's so simplistic, but some of the abilities that they integrate into the game are super, super fun and addictive. Um, the ability to kind of just float in the air, and they do some interesting things in the environments with the mechanics that they introduce as well. It's, it's similar to that of Ori, um, in that when they introduce an ability, they try and maximize the different ways to utilize that ability. In the everything's built around and that's it. what i think yeah that's part of the reason why i loved ori so much and i think that's part of the reason why i love the messenger so much is it's cool when you have an awesome ability that that does really fun things it's another and it takes it to a tier above when they do really cool environmental puzzles or environmental obstacles with yeah. the abilities that they've integrated it shows that the yeah. developer really has a deeper understanding of what they're actually putting into the game and also trying to make it as fun for the player as well you can tell they're they're clearly f a fan of what they're making and they're actually enjoying it and the love and craft that goes into it i yeah. think that's part of the reason why like of morgan and we were joking about it privately but um why i kind of give nods to indie games a lot more nowadays is because for me it's it's easier for me not to say that other AAA like AAA companies don't do this or they do or don't. I'm saying it's easier for me to see that when it's an indie developer because it doesn't get lost in all of the like the cinematography or it doesn't get lost in all of the high production. It's it's there for you to see. It's very just in your face the love and craft. Whereas sometimes with AAA games, I think that love and craft the mechanics will get lost are not in the, the high production the focus on those yeah. style of games almost ever um it just kind of they're there to serve their role in in, in kind of but yeah like i one of my favorite collectibles in that game is like near the beginning of the game where you have to essentially it does a lot of the stuff that old school games did where like projectiles will only 
exist while they're on screen and whatnot. Like, and one of my favorite ones was you had to essentially have an enemy shoot at you and go across this, like, I don't know, like four or five screen wide obstacle thing with enemies and whatnot and get to the far, far side of this area while keeping that projectile from dying from going off the screen either side so they can Mm. then use it to cloud walk and then jump up above the screen to get to another area um yes and there are i mean that's just to get a random collectible collectible yeah um but so much of the game is built around those sort of interesting ways to use a mechanic um that just I think I think that's why I enjoyed the messenger so much more is just because the the interesting mechanic they give you right out the gate and then everything is um just taking advantage of that of that new move set you've got. Yeah. Yeah, I it's the the move set's amazing. Uh the writing's amazing. Obviously the art style if you're into that old style kind of like we're talking about with cyber shadow very much the same way but i also feel like and i'm only comparing it just because i played these games back to back and we're talking about them back to back but i really love the art style of the messenger a lot more and i love how they play with that with the 8-bit and 16-bit backgrounds the further you get into the game sorry minor spoiler i should have stated that um ahead of time you bastard uh, i think it, they it's showed such a that part in some of the, the trailers as well so it's not the, so much okay. a twist as it's like they didn't initially but then closer to launch they ended up doing the same and and i think while you're on that point shay one of the things that game does really smartly goes even beyond the art because like when you do that transition because a part of it is focused around that time travel element of going from 8-bit to 16-bit like if you drop into an area from 8-bit to 16-bit, not only does the art change and your character sprite changes, um, the music changes. Like it's the same piece of music, but you'll hear more instruments drop in uh, to the 16-bit track from the 8-bit track and like drop was, out and vice versa. I thought you were going to mention how they use that to do like puzzles because that's one that's kind of the yeah the reason why you go it's, from uh, 8-bit to 16-bit is because it changes the landscape and that also changes the puzzles yeah. and you actually have to be able to officially or not officially essentially manage which time era you're in um represented by the 8 bit or 16 bit yeah, in order to get is past a, certain obstacles yeah, and it's, it's, there were a few times time where I got tripped up on that kind because of the, it's uh, just it's so well done yeah like, but yeah also the tracks too the tracks change and I was I was going to mention that in a little bit yeah but rainbow uh was it rainbow dragon eyes he yeah. does such an amazing amazing job on this soundtrack yeah. it's phenomenal morgan i almost messaged him just to try and get him on your show because i love the soundtrack <laughs> so much i almost did it for you well you shouldn't because i don't like the soundtrack very much um well, you're, no, I'm you're just two minutes in and only seeing the. <laughs> I'm just bit kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. I'm not as high on the soundtrack as you are, but I'm only in the NES part of the game. This so. was the uh, the curse um, that started my vinyl collection. Mm-hmm. There it's, you go. To me, as someone who played this game and sort of fell off of it, so it's there's a lot of things people need to know about this game because I know it, it was we ran a fun poll this week that we'll talk about later. And I thought it was interesting because 
eight, like eighty-two percent of our audience said they had never played this game, and I and that didn't surprise me. But I was Fucking I was kind of bummed out for Rich because I'm like, oh man, you know, it's like it's we did the same thing for Into the Breach. Like ninety percent of our audience said they never played it, and that ended up being our game of the year because you know AAA games don't kind of get pooped on sometimes. But um, it's uh and Into the Breach is a great game, but those. Those games oftentimes do get passed over by the audiences because they look very retro, right? They look it's it's a uh, it's a hard thing for I think a lot of larger audiences to get into. Um, but when Rich was pretty high on it, I at the time see before Rich was part of our show, this was in 2018. Rich was basically just a friend of ours, and he was like going on and on about the Messenger. And I remember seeing it on his. Uh, is destructoid list, so I think that's why I ended up giving it a shot at the chance, uh, a chance at the time, and I was enjoying it for what it was, but I never got to the twist, um, as they call it, because everyone's like twist. Everyone's like, no matter where you go, people are like, there's a big twist, there's a big twist, and I wish somebody had told me that before I fell off, um, because I might have like stuck on a little bit longer. So like, if I was telling one of our eighty-two percent of our audience, and they're like, I just don't know about this game i picked it up i'm like maybe it helps to tell them that there is a kind of a pivotal twist in the middle that might keep them maybe not maybe that's not but maybe for me like knowing that was coming was kind of like okay i guess i'll push a little further because i was kind of losing interest and i'm at right i guess i'm right near the twist i'm like right before it i think um even though i know what happens and it sounds cool it sounds like you know the the game's gonna change in some ways um fundamentally like richard or shay was saying so i just wonder if it would help people to know that there's kind of a hook like that you know do you think maybe they would hang on a little longer yeah i i think that the way that you sell people into this game is if if i was trying to propose that someone play this game i i would say like look first off you're playing as a ninja and the music is super awesome very reminiscent of the the past eras of gaming um it's going to be a tiny bit brutal at times but i think the the main hook there is the writing is superb in that it's very tongue-in-cheek it breaks the fourth wall it's very self-aware and then it has that amazing twist in the middle of the game yeah i i would definitely highlight the writing probably as the main selling point here not that anything else is not as good as the writing and i actually like other aspects of the game better than the writing. That being said, I think the writing is a really good selling point for this game. Mm -hmm. I would just say, do you like fun or are you an idiot? I'm an idiot. I don't like fun. Fun actually. Um, I mean, look, yeah, this is no surprise knowing how much you guys love the smaller games that I'm a little bit on the left field on this one. I'm enjoying it. Um, I think the big I think it's interesting playing this and then playing Cyber Shadow and then going back and playing this and I'm still sticking with it because I am enjoying it is that they have different strengths. Uh for me Cyber Shadow They're very different games. N- that's not what I'm referring to. Um the the art and the messenger to me is I don't I can't get into it at all. I do not like the look of the game. Um that's but the art in Cyber Shadow I enjoy and it's not even quite up with yeah it's just it's real goofy and I think a lot of people are gonna look at it and they're gonna be turned off by it and I get it but what I would tell people is you should, it is worth sticking with because 
the nicest thing I can say about the game is you're going to pick it up. It's going to look like an old game. You're going to look at the cover art with that Darumaka looking floating thing and a, and a generic ninja. And you're going to go, Ugh. but I'm going to tell you this. It's worth sticking with because the game will subvert your expectations. Um, just, just when you're getting bored of the game, it's going to subvert your expectations. And I think that that is a good thing. Like for example, Oh, okay. Oh, weird. There's a shop here and this guy's sort of cracking jokes or whatever, right? Or, oh, I fell off this cliff and then you just keep watching your character fall, fall, and you fall down. Like, there's all these little things where the game, just when you're getting bored, will subvert your expectations for me. And, and I do like that about it. I, I res- I'm going to dis- respectfully disagree. I don't think the writing is superb. I do think it is charming and cute in that they, you know, like that part where you get to those weird trolls and they just call you everything but the messenger. Um, there's a lot of really like cute little things in the game like that, but I I don't know if I go to say superb because it's not necessarily it's I think I, I, I think it's charming, but I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't say superb. Well um, I, I would what, say beyond I, I want to know what yeah. keeps it from being superb from you. Like I agree that it's charming, but why isn't it superb? Be, because he went to the item shop, picked up what he needed and left. No, I looked around okay. and, uh, you know, like you try to go in the cabinet and he's like, hey, don't touch that cabinet. And uh, you also haven't yeah, seen a lot of the moments where that stuff pays off. But I actually don't get your criticism of the art at all. Like, I don't get why you think anyone would write it off for that art. Well, I know people are writing it off because of the art, because that's what I did. And I know that a lot of people would have a, a similar mindset. It's not actually the art in the game is not necessarily poor. But I'm talking about the art style. Like, if you look at the cover for the game, one of the reasons I was originally turned off by it, and then I'm glad I tried it because it's I read your review. Great cover. Your rev- it's a horrible cover. It's it's a generic ninja, and it's like a little floating red thing. Now, compare it to a similar thing. Look at the art direction of Shovel Knight. Look at those character designs, right? Even something like Shy- Cyber Shadow, which is a step down. Then look at the messenger. The messenger is a lot of great things going for it. Like we've already talked, the music is is really great. Some of doing some I cool don't things. think the cover art for Cyber Shadow is better than the Messenger. I think the exact opposite of that. Interesting, interesting. I would say that. Um, I think that they're both amazing. I think they're both good. What I'm saying, like I, I just don't really get what your criticism of the art is because I think it looks fantastic. It just looks really generic. Like it's. I don't think it does think at it's all. In, Intentionally supposed to look generic, but I, I think that it does. I'm, and look, but I, I, I mean, think you I have that about look, the font, if anything. I, but I don't think you've noticed the font until just now, because it's it's very much kind of that '80s action movie style thing that they're going yeah. for. But um, I'm just telling yeah. you, I think that that's my theory on what. I think pushes people off because that was my, and look, whether you guys like it or not, I, I do have a good I, sort of touch on these sort of things as far as. Yeah, no, I do think the eight bit art is a little on the simple side. Uh, but again, I feel like that's intentional because it has to contrast to, the 16. Yeah. It needs really to look that much contrasts. more impressive. Insta- instead of doing yeah. like the really high def, like uh, we're going to pretend this is eight bit, but it, you know, it either couldn't or without a lot of extra work, it couldn't exist there. Yeah. Like com- the art style in the eight sections between the messenger and cyber shadow are night is, and day. Um, yeah. 
Cyber Shadow kind of feels like it's splitting the difference. It's still an 8-bit game, but it's trying to do way, way more with that. Whereas... But the messenger had to do this straight, flip. Yeah, it's it's a fairly straightforward 8-bit game where they'll do, you know, much, much more minimalistic styles and everything. And then having that swap to like a... Not not just 16-bit, but like end of the 16-bit era style art style with stuff like like it's it is it is gorgeous, a 16-bit yeah. art, um to kind of have it really contrast I, I, the other. Yeah, that's just it. I think that was like the main point. Josh was to have it by comparison seem that much dramatically better. And I I think maybe like when you're looking at it, the whole thing as a package, maybe then you overlook how simplistic some of that stuff can look. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. when yeah. I think when I think of that I'm art, what? Go ahead. when I think of like that art style as a whole, like a lot of that early art is what drew me into covering that game in the first place. A lot of it's when you good. Say art, like, are you in, referring to like the the marketing style art or like just the actual game, like the sprite work? Both. Okay. Well, that look. I mean, it is what it is. I I'm gonna. I just. I'm just sort of um, theorizing about what maybe would push people away from that game um, because that's how I felt about it. But that doesn't mean there's not a lot of great things about it. Like I, I do think that the, the design is interesting enough to, to keep your intention for the most part, you know, right. Whenever I find myself starting to get bored as someone who's not really a, a huge fan of, of playing more retro style games now, um, something will happen. Like you'll yeah. get a, a different move or ability or something that will, freshen it up enough and like when you go through that time tower that's like some of the more clever stuff you'll see in the first chunk of the game because you have to they use the abilities in the game to basically make these trials like okay there's like you know what i mean so that 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 first time tower is is really cleverly done um the boss i like the the boss design gameplay wise i don't like the look of them but i like the gameplay design a lot i think the bosses are really fun um it's just, yeah, it's just the, the art direction is a barrier that's really tough for me to get over, but I'm enjoying the game. I hope that, and I don't mean this too rudely, just slightly, um, I, I hope that people don't feel the way that you feel, and I understand why you feel the way that you feel. I don't think that it's necessarily wrong. You're looking, you're, you're kind of looking towards, you, and you've mentioned this before, you're looking towards the future, you're looking towards a more modern, realistic look in gaming. And that's fine. And I, and I think that is good that we have someone here who actually does like that. I, I'm kind of like a mixture between two worlds. I see the value of both. But just I was just watching the, just some footage of the 8 and 16-bit transitioning and stuff in the game while you guys were talking. And it looks so good to me, just like the color palettes that they use. Um, how nothing, like in the world, in the environments, they're beautiful exquisitely beautiful in the 16 bit i love that style so for me it's exquisitely beautiful but i love how the the enemies and the the traps and the different things that stick out they all look different yet they all somehow cohesively fit into the world they're recognizable but different Mm -hmm. yes exactly i really like that and i understand that many games do that and that doesn't necessarily set itself apart but i i love that also, when you go into different environments in the game, they they very much stand out as th- this unique place, and that happens because of the art style in each area. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like when you go to when you're ascending that mountain, it's clearly where where that starts and where another level starts as well. They're very starkly different. You know, when you walk into the the hellscape level, it very much feels like hell. It feels like something actually it feels kind of like a level inspired by doom. Weirdly enough, when I went in there, I felt a little bit of doom vibes going into that area. Or you go into the mountain and what you're place ascending is this? and it's Are you snowy. About? It's it's beautiful he's and not, it stands out. Yeah, he's not been there yet. It's, there's a uh, oh okay. Um, you essentially go into hell where these uh, the demons that you're trying to stop the yeah, yeah. Re- return yeah. of yeah and uh, yeah they, well, that, they that, do some really cool stuff in that area. Well, well, that's again tied into the whole bit of like evil arriving from the west, and it's like I just went in a circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, like I said, I think the reason it was gaining so it, it's it's a well made game, but the reason it got so much notoriety is because everyone was going around saying the twist. You got to see the twist, the twist, the twist, the twist. And that's what I was telling whenever you left, Rich, that like I wish someone had told me there was a twist before I gave up on it the first time, because I was like, oh, there's something. That's there's something. so strange. Like, you never heard there was a twist, but that's all everyone talked about. No, I yeah, eventually so there was a twist, but by that point I had dropped it. So because like I never um, even I like, oh, like I'll pick him. narratively it's treated as a twist, but again like they they showed off the stuff beforehand. Like if if you go to look at it at this point, most of the screenshots will be from sixteen bit versions of stuff because well they're, oh, they're, really? they're just more detailed. Um, yeah, maybe the twist won't like be that mind shattering or anything. Maybe I'm just b- building it up. I mean, to do you not, something. The thing do you about the twist more than more than like the the time travel and whatnot, more than the the different versions of it, is just having the game open up and actually be a Metroidvania, even though you just went through it because they essentially oh, picked no. the <laughs> Metroidvania. I mean, that's what it is. It's a Metroid. Yeah, I know, I know. But like, they just, they give you a track, just a path to go through this thing on your on your first portion of the game. They just signpost everything, and and then also again, it lends itself to the great writing of like how hokey they are about you finding out like what you were carrying the whole time. And yeah, well, that's that's why I think that stuff. People are so fascinated by this stuff because think about like in Doom when you found those secret levels and they were like a throwback to the original Doom. You know what I mean? Um, or in Mario Odyssey, how they had those sections of the game where you were basically playing 2D Mario. Well, like, there's a there's a, a really interesting fascination with, like, games that sort of play with different time periods within the same game. And it would be cool to have a game that went through all the different eras, like 8, 16, 64. Like, if you could pull something like that off, that would be cool, too. Um I don't want to say it's a gimmick, but it's it's a it's cool how they're exploring it because when they go to sixteen bit, turning it into a Metrovania makes a lot more sense because it's super. Well, Metroid it's not pop- not even that like it being sixteen bit is what turns it into that. Like it was that the whole time. Now and you like, just didn't traverse, notice it. You just didn't notice it, and now traverse it. You can traverse parts you maybe couldn't get to before by changing what era you're in. There's very little yeah. actually locked off. You could yeah. theoretically wander off your off the path. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a, a little bit here and there that's like functionally get it off because like until you can do the time traveling, there's just not ways to get to a couple areas, but you can explore yeah. a lot more than just the main path. Um, the first time through, yeah. the first time through, it just doesn't seem like you can, 
but it's kind of more about using those and there are abilities. Whole well, that's what those green off. token things are, right? If you explore more, yeah, you can find some of those early. Like eventually, you but you can't get them all on that first run. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's and there, like I said, there's some clever stuff. There's a stuff. There's areas even in the part I'm at now where you'll get to an area and you're like, how am I supposed to get way the fuck over there? And you're like, oh, if I jump and float, I've never had to do that yet in the entire game. But if I do it here, I'll get. I'm like, like I said, the design I've been pretty impressed with. Uh, I just, I'm just surprised you guys haven't found like some of the monster designs and the art as goofy as I have. Like, think about those goofy trolls or like, <laughs> like those goofy trolls that like slaps you with his fucking loincloth. Yeah, I'm like. What, but I, I just don't get what the problem is. <laughs> it's just goofy. I just, I just, it just, I don't know. I'm surprised you don't. It's, it's just goofy. I don't know. How many times can I say goofy? I could say it a lot. A lot, apparently. Goofy. I mean, hey, look, maybe you're a fan of goofy. Maybe you're a fan of I, goofy. I, I, an extremely goofy movie. I know. Uh-huh. Love it. Well, no, a goofy movie is where it's at. Extremely goofy movies where you lose. That money. was too much for you that you couldn't really? handle that. You, you didn't like the art design of extreme, an extremely goofy huh. movie. Powerline, man, I need the Powerline songs in a goofy movie. Ha! Huh. So stand out above the crowd. No, like I said, I'm enjoying the game. I just in in, in sword charm fashion, I'm not quite as as drooly over it as you guys are. But knowing you, Rich, and how much you enjoy those classic games, I totally understand why you're why you enjoy it for sure. Uh, and I do think it's a well made game. Um, it's just the it's just the art design isn't quite doing it for me as much as it's doing it for you guys. Good shit. Yeah. What else we got? What other games are people playing? Uh, oh, Rich, I was going to tell you, did you know that, I know no. you think awards are superfluous and silly, but did you know that the Messenger actually won a game award? I did. It won best debut game. So that's cool. Great game. Mm-hmm. Daptop Studios. Best doing, debut game. Doing good work. Um Really can't wait for their next game, which I... Oh, they're making that Sea of Whatever game, right? Sea of Stars. They're making that very Chrono Mm -hmm. trigger S RPG that I gave them a lot of money to make. Yep. Yeah. I gave them slightly less money to make. So, did they they give a release date for the Sea of Stars yet? Uh, No, but they they put out a demo not too long ago. There's a demo? Oh, that's cool. Did you play the demo? Four four backers. Yeah, there was a backer demo. Gone now. That's cool. All right, let's see. You're trying to play the game. I just hear the POD song, The Messenger. I am the messenger. I am the messenger. No wonder you didn't like it. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could. I I like the game. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just don't like the art style. And you guys are packing me in. Some sort of hater. (sighs) But yeah, I'll probably stick with it and hopefully I can be a part of the Chomping After Dark because uh, it's, my, it's my morning game. It's my palate cleanser. In the morning, I play old games downstairs and at night I go upstairs and play new state-of-the-art. Uh, that game came games. out in 2018. <laughs> 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 I'm just razzing you. Um, it's cool, though. I'm enjoying it. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of state-of-the-art old games, Demon's Souls... Yeah, we've both been been playing some Demon's Souls. Have fuck have we that not? game is fucking hard. Fuck that game is pretty. It's very mm-hmm. pretty. That game might be the prettiest. With all the respect to The Last of Us and Art Direction, that game might be the prettiest game ever. But that's not really high praise because it's you know it's a brand new console. It should be the prettiest thing ever. 
Yeah, it's also a, idea, a the art 13 year old game. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, I was kind of complaining about some of the changes in theme and kind of like the, the tone mm-hmm. that they did, did early on. And I think it's because it don't, doesn't really come across in screenshots. Um, because I feel like they did a much better job than initially appears at keeping oh, that tone. Yeah. When um, people were freaking out about that shit. Which is crazy because they, they were, they've been so faithful. Yeah, like, extremely. Like they, well, they did a lot of like color changes and whatnot, but just for palettes that work better. And yeah. I, and I think that's kind of the thing. Cause like, I mean, one of the weirdest things is, uh, uh not that anyone gives a shit anymore, but watching how the Lord of the Rings color palette changed slowly over the movies. And he's like, Oh no, I, I think I like this color correction a little bit better. And we're, yeah. we're going to make all of them look a little bit more green now. So, yeah. Um, and it's kind of a similar it, sort of thing yeah. to that where it's different, but it, it doesn't take away just, anything. Once you see what they're actually going for, it, it ends up being yeah. better in practice. And like, again, the thing is, it's weird to talk about the gameplay of Demon Souls because they've changed so little. Like the gameplay is the same as it ever was, and yeah. it works, and that's fine. But like, I find myself marveling at this game more than anything. Like the lighting and the fucking yeah, like, yeah. They, they start like you they, in uh, that tunnel with those beams of light like peeking through. Yeah, and like from the moment I started, like this game is fucking gorgeous to look at. Yeah, I feel like they do a better job with the darkness in this one because I feel like some of some of those changes were to just make things darker. But in mm-hmm. a way that you couldn't get away with on the PS3, because it just would have been too dark no. to oh, play. No. Where a lot of those dark areas, you can still see enough. Um, it just it, yeah, like it 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 handles it yeah. better. Well, it, even the also, small areas, like I've I've really enjoyed the prison. I'm messing around there right now. That area, even whenever you get like past the big uh, uh, ballista Iron Maiden thing, um. Like Those you can two lit- things you just said are not even remotely the same thing. Well, people are referring to it as a, like when I looked up the the trophy you get for rolling under all those arrows. People are referring to it as a giant Iron Maiden in design, even though it's a ballista, which is like a I don't know why people are referring to it as that, but that's not what an Iron Maiden is at all. No, I know an Iron Maiden is a thing where it, you know you stand in there and it spikes you to death and it kills you. But huh. I think it's it's. Hmm. Something about the design, people were referring to it as a giant Iron Maiden in the guides I was looking at, but maybe they're just idiots. I don't know. Could be. Very possible. But yeah, it's a big ballista that shoots arrows at you, and like when you get past, even that area, when you're looking into the sky, you can see for like miles, and like the, well, the, the first area, that castle, you can literally get up on the top of the castle, and you look at all those areas you're going to be well, able to go that's, to. That's just it. Like, they've done so much with the draw distance here, because, and, yeah. and Morgan, you and I had a conversation about this privately because you didn't play much of the original demon souls like the idea of this fog that's built into the narrative and like a lot of that's existence is built around the hardware limitations of the ps3 like everything was caked in this fog because they couldn't do much with the draw distance for the scale of a game they were making uh-huh. and like now so much of that is gone so like you can look out and see all <laughs> yeah. this shit you but then there's just tony random fog doors fog everywhere Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Foggy skate parks are my favorite skate exactly. parks. Exactly. <laughs> just because that's as far yeah. as they could draw. <laughs> it is surprising to me how good the game looks. Even I wasn't expecting that even <laughs> playing the PS5. It, it looks really good. But I think for me, that's a big part of it because the game is so traditional. It, it's got. A, okay, let's. 
obviously this is where it all started. Why do you guys think that Dark Souls gets more credit than Demon Souls does as like the origin of this whole thing? It's better. Um, it it perfected it. Like, there's people that have a soft spot for Demon Souls. I'm one of them. Like, Demon Souls was that first swing. Yeah. And Dark Souls, they like change certain things mechanically to I think make it easier to pick up and make it stick. Yeah, they did like mostly minor tweaks, but stuff to kind of make it feel like progress was more permanent. Um, oddly enough, they've kind of they've walked back the whole, um, well, not walked back, but they've taken it in two directions as far as um, whether the game should be a space. Um, with some oddly enough, some of the Dark Souls games after that having more warping around and just different levels type stuff. Yeah. Whereas some of their other games are just like, okay, no, this is just one space. You'll eventually be able to map this all out in your head. Um, stuff yeah. like Bloodborne and, open, and Sekiro. open shortcuts and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that helped an awful lot for feeling like you're making progress just by, by opening yourself up a shortcut to be able to get somewhere. Um, some stu- stuff is there's stuff like that in Demon Souls. Here. Some, but yeah. it's not on such a huge scale. Um, mm. It's always stuff like in uh, uh, the Temple of Storms or whatever it's called, um, where like you can either kill that gray demon or not. But if you do, you can just walk right through this open courtyard, whereas you'd have to go like way, way around. Mm-hmm. Um Otherwise, listen, like, I need a crossbow. I got some kneeling to do and I got to spam that tower night. Mm-hmm. You know, we got we all got places to be. That, that's the thing about these these older the from software games and like this being the first iteration. There are things that are great about it that are also frustrating about it. Like, yeah, there's a boss that you literally can't kill unless you find this. It's in the prison. You have to go up this long tower and you have to. It's kind of cool. There's like this little like spell guy. He's like, a yeah, I don't know, like a necromancer. The, yeah, he's a necromancer. Yeah. yeah. And. And he's reviving her, and you can see the cathedral from his little spot or whatever. And it's really cool, the idea that you have to go to this outside area to kill someone that affects the boss. But if you don't know that, you're just going to Carry this! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, and there's and some areas are really easy as far as like how they... Like you were saying, Josh, the drawbridge you drop... Um, or open up whatever it is in the in the first level takes you right to the first boss from the beginning. But in the prison yeah. where I'm at now, if I want to fight, if because I, I died a couple times, if I want to go back to that lady, I have to run for like five minutes back to her. And you've and got I Cthulhu's have all, to kill. I have everything. Yeah, th- those things are cool. I have everything unlocked there, and there's no faster way to get back to that lady without running and running and running and killing. And it's kind of like, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there are a couple of bosses that are like that. That oddly enough, um some of this is kind of based on world tendency, which is again, just completely fucking opaque for no reason. And they didn't fix it at all. Yeah, But, but stuff like there's a bunch of stuff in this game, like the, the, the dark, um, like the, the shadows that would show up, the ones like the extremely hard enemies that just respawn in this one. Whereas the, some of those really hard enemies, would you'd only have to fight them once in like those Dark red Souls enemies later. those yeah. red shadows yeah like the yeah. red eye knights and stuff like that yeah that'll just respawn you have to fight it every time whereas some of the they'd give you like a really tough enemy here and there in dark souls and later on that you'd only fight the one time so it would be something you'd have to overcome and then and then the obstacle is gone then you'd be done whereas 
in Demon Souls, some of those... Some of them, it's just worth your time to find a way to cheese them because it's they're just they're way too fucking hard. Like they're harder than the boss you're ostensibly going there to try to kill. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And it's like, like cheese them like they, or run past them or something. Yeah, like I think they did a good job of fixing that. Um, moving on in the series, they did, they did a much better job of of balancing stuff so the difficulty was where it was supposed to be. I think. Because a lot of times in Demon Souls, the difficulty is not in the bosses. Like oddly enough, I feel like these are some of the easiest bosses in the series. Um, and they just, can be. You'll just hit random areas that are just way, way harder to get through than anything else because of yeah. how they had these two enemies placed or whatever. Um, well, that's the thing. The boss that I'm stuck on. I know if I could just try her again, I would get her in two, three or four tries because she's not that hard. Mm-hmm. But um, because I have to run all the way back there, it's a big pain in the ass, which yeah. sucks. Um, but I do think that having the game look so nice is a big deal for someone like me because the thing with Bloodborne and a lot of these games, even Mortal Shell or uh, Dark Souls Three, whatever game, like my what's going to push me to go on in these games because they're brutal is wanting to see what's next. And everything looks so fucking cool that I want to know what's what's next. Like even that prison is just this dark, dingy prison, but it's so detailed. And you got those weird mm-hmm. Cthulhu enemies and Iron Maidens and like some strange ladies selling stuff in one of the cells. And it's just it has the same. They captured the spirit with the art direction of those of those from software games that I love so much. And people were worried about that. So that I'm willing to fight through all the frustratingly archaic things about it being a PS3 game. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I th- again, I was freaked out by some of the changes right off the bat from screenshots because, frankly, after s- so many of these games, they try to change stuff that doesn't need to be changed, like stuff like the Halo Anniversary Editions. Like, look, mm-hmm. we cleaned up all this stuff, and none of it looks anything like it ever did before. Oddly enough, a lot of the screenshots mm-hmm. they've shown off so far from the Mass Effect redo are like, what what the fuck are you doing here? Like none of this is even remotely close to the same thematic. You don't, you don't like lens flare content. Well, I don't care about the lens flare. I care about for whatever reason every fucking planet in the galaxy is always dusk. Like what what are why why? Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's just like happens to be like the situational like images they happen to be showing off, and it, it could be the well, same well, thing like, where it's even totally they're, different. They're pieces that they showed off side by side stuff. Where, like, it's just no, drastically different. Yeah. Well, like, mm. drastically different takes on the art style by by adding in all this extra crap. Uh, and that's, you know, seeing just the screenshots early on, or like, okay, this whole area used to be kind of green and dingy and whatnot, and now I see a really well-detailed castle, but, like, how how does this thematically feel the same? Um, and in the screenshots, it doesn't look like it's going to is kind of, but overall, I, I really do think they nailed it in, in practice here. Yes. In practice. I think it works much, much better. Um, than those initial screenshots came across to me. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. they managed to pull and rest that assured. With- um, it's only a matter of time. Like you talked about, um, the fucking world tendency stuff, uh, that they start doing what they did in towards the end of uh, Demon Souls Life on the PS3, which is it's gonna have weekends where they're like we changed the world tendency for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we can't figure out how to do it either. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, overall, I'm really, I'm really enjoying. And now that I've hunkered down on it, and I'm, I, I had this epiphany where I'm like, what am I doing? I have this. People are messaging me that they were still pissed they couldn't find a PS5. I'm like, what am I doing, dicking around? I have this system that everyone wants, and I got these incredible games. Why, why am I not playing Demon Souls and all this other shit? I need to get my shit together. Because you're a waste. <laughs> so now I'm, I, and then I got really into it. So, oh, but yeah. it's fucking hard, man. It's, and then I downloaded Splunky too. My pro tip go. to everyone is don't get so caught up in leveling up your um, your attributes, per se, like strength and stuff. What helps more is to, fi- if you can, fi- level up your weapons. And if you research how you can level up, like, for example, I'm using the Bastard Sword. If I took my early souls and just went right over to the second level area and bought the the hard stones from that guy. I could have leveled it up three or four times easily. And then I would have been doing much more damage. So, and also take your time. Just try to get to those things in the level that will show it's going to feel impossible. It's going to feel overwhelming, but there are pathways you will open up that will make your life much easier. Um, and you don't have to grind souls because if you're just making your way through these levels, you'll find a lot of dead carcasses with like hero souls, unknown warrior souls. All that stuff is there. You don't really have to go grinding like I was doing at the beginning yeah. of the game. Oddly enough, I feel like they're way more generous with A, way more generous with souls in the, in the first one. And also B, the leveling kind of scales drastically as you go. So you'll kind of. Mm-hmm. you'll hit these points where it's like, okay, I'm obviously supposed to be about this level because yeah. anything above this is completely unreasonable to grind. Uh, and it, it mm-hmm. just, just kind of by feeling it out, you can tell whether or not you're supposed to be somewhere. Um, and less so by whether something kills you really easily or not, because this is a souls game. So everything kills you really easily everywhere, but more so by the yeah. way Grinding it's less about feels yeah, how fast yeah. you kill how it's less about how fast they kill you and more about how how efficiently you can kill them. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. if it, if it absolutely feels unreasonable, like, OK, I've got to spam this guy down. He's like five attacks and I get almost nothing for it. Uh, Maybe come back like it's. Yeah. Yeah. This is the last thing I want to say. And then um, uh, did you uh, did you guys do the shoreline level like the ocean level? Um, the coast, sorry, the whatever coast. Have you guys gone there? I a little bit. I haven't done much of that level yet. Yeah, yeah there, there are some things. There are some things in this game that you'll walk out and see that are like very spectacle. Like there was like this giant creature, and they, it looked like a flying manta ray dragon thing soaring overhead. And the, some of the spectacle in this game is like awe inspiring. It's like holy yeah. shit. Yeah, the, I, I'm kind of going in the. Uh somewhat untraditional path just because i again i played this forever ago so i'm just based off of the very very limited knowledge i've retained over this many years i'm like okay i know there's a decent magic weapon in the storm area so like i should go there and pick that up so i've got something to go on my magic build oh Um, yeah i I regret not doing a a magic build because i hear that's the way easier way to play the game magic is overtuned in in magic is easy easy mode yeah it's it's super easy Ugh. I want easy mode. That's what I wanted I, to do. No, I'm playing as a knight because I think it's more fun. The, That's the, what I am yeah. Too. Like again, I mostly play melee, but having the uh, option to pull stuff for, with ranged is, is extremely helpful. 
Well, all I do is eventually I get the crossbow, but I get it solely to fight the Tower Knight so I can fight him from the balcony where he can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to look that up. You kind of need tell some me the blob from in inside this game, isn't this because I, I'm that same storm level that I'm in. Um, uh huh. One of the bosses you can only re- ever really hit from range. Um, oh. he's, he's immune if you try oh, to attack fuck. them from ground level. Um, so you you need something with some sort of range on it. I think some of the longer melee weapons can hit him, but I'd have to go back and try to to really need remember. That reach, baby. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a month of hell, but I'll get through it. <laughs> yeah, no, this one's definitely one of the more doable Souls games. Yeah, it makes me sad because I really this game is so good looking. I want Dark Souls to look this good now. I want I want them all. I want them oh, all. Oh, don't worry. There's not going to be any of the Dark Souls. Yeah. And also, you guys didn't tell me the blob from inside is in this game in the prison. The, I don't know if you've seen that yet, but there's this thing that looks just like the blob from inside with all the bodies and stuff, but all the arms have swords and it'll slice you. It's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Some good shit. <laughs> All right, let's take a pee-pee break and then come right back. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a T-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. We are back and we're talking about balloons with Joshua Fowler. (laughs) The kind you fill with cocaine and shove up your asshole, correct? Is there any other kind? No. I've seen (laughs) them film the mule. Um yeah full circle back to the pony shows um so next up on the list we have uh let's let's get shay involved i know he was out of the last conversation uh you've been playing uh war groove dlc with josh um let's see here. yes that was a journey that took almost a year and we finally concluded it in december or was it the beginning of January? I can't, no, it was the beginning of January. Beginning of January, yeah. We both finally had some time. And it was great. It was really fun. Um, of course, really you know fun. Josh is, in my opinion, on Wargroove, which is an amazing, fun game, especially if you like strategy games. Um, I really like the DLC a lot because what they managed to do is basically introduce some new characters into into the realm of Wargroove and they instantly are likable characters. Basically it's a, a father um who has twin children and they are looking for someone. And you think the entire the entire DLC that they're looking for his wife slash their mother. Um I won't spoil if that ends up being the case or not, but that that's mm-hmm. the whole premise and basically 
they're robbing all these people from the main game to get enough money um, and to get enough supplies to be able to actually go after and find the person that they're looking for. And it's basically, it's, it's a lot of the same gameplay. Uh, there's some cleverly designed levels and des- design strategy um, strategies within the DLC. I think the thing that's the most interesting is the new characters and how they fit in with the old characters and how they fit in with the old story. And just basically the continuation of um, the charming dialogue and writing in the game. Because that's, that's something that Josh and I really talked about with the main game. Mm-hmm. The, the writing is really charming in that game. And they just they continue it in, in the same way. And it's really fun. And basically, um, the way that these characters play in actual combat is vastly different from uh, the other characters in terms of uh, their abilities. So it made for really fun gameplay. Josh and I, we had to do it in this kind of interesting way. We had talked, we've talked about it previously, where basically he shares his screen slash account kind of deal with me, and then basically um, I control one set of characters and he controls the other character. And it was really fun. It was a really fun way for Josh and I to just get together to play uh, the game. We would sit there and talk strategy and we'd just sit there and bullshit about life and stuff like that. So it was a really good, fun way to do it. And um, it kept us busy for almost a year. So, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and the, music. the, the music. The music is great. Um, if If you are turned off by the idea of it taking that long to get through a campaign it's kind of no the campaign isn't really all that long um a big part of it is us bullshitting while we're sitting there talking but but also because we're both kind of ocd tactics games players Mm -hmm. we'd sit there on a single turn and talk about what we're planning on doing and what that means for the next person on their turn um for like yeah. a half hour a turn like it would it's, it would be ridiculous um yeah. the amount of the amount of planning yeah. because you've got it's like you make these strategies in your head and you're just like okay i'll just whatever i'll go on and take my turn and know what you're doing but when you're playing a co-op version of that you have to explain your plan to someone else um every turn essentially um yeah so they know what's going on um I like listening yeah. to you guys talk about it because on Skype, because Shay would be like, Josh, I think we should go for this and take those out. And Josh would be like, meh, well, I don't know. Well, I think your opinion's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we both had those moments. That's That's what was so cool and interesting about it is obviously him and I kind of have different strategies, but... You know, there'd be times where he he's like, I think I'm going to do this. And I'm like, well, wait, actually, if you do this and this enemy is going to come down and hit you there. And he's like, yeah, do, do I? Yeah, that's fair. Do I want to sacrifice this guy? And, you know, I'm kind of there like, oh, no, you should totally do it because then we can do th- I can do this next turn. It's or, like having two people versa, staring at the same chest. Like, hey, I want to do this. And mm-hmm. then he's like, nah, you know, you're forgetting about this guy over here. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it was, it was kind of cool because. A lot of times when I'm playing those games. Like I'm having fun and sometimes I I miss something. It's kinda like when you used to do math in junior high school and high school. Whether or not you enjoy it, you just kinda wanna in some part, like you're doing it, you're going through everything, and you might forget a minus sign somewhere. 
or, or sorry, a negative sign somewhere. And basically you get the wrong solution. And it's kind of the same thing here for me. I know I described that in a super interesting way. As I'm <laughs> Nothing's more fun than math, guys. What's uh-huh. <laughs> more fun than a math class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. but, no, it's kind of the same thing here. Yeah. For me, when I'm playing these type of games, I will miss one minute thing. Like I'll place a character where I, I'm like, oh, this looks good right here. And then I'll forget to check the range of one enemy and boom, mm-hmm. he gets hit. And that kind of shit happens sometimes from these kind of games. But when you have two people there, the likelihood that those errors occur goes down drastically because each person looks at different things. And so that's what made it so interesting. It was kind of like this practice in teamwork. Basically, we were both dependent on each other in a lot of aspects. So we we had to communicate. And on top of that, because we were so dependent on each other, we also had to plan it out together. So we were both in agreement for what's going to happen, but also it sets us both up for success in the future. And it was a really cool thing, you know? Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. It's not, it's not a type of gaming that I, or a game style that I usually play, playing with someone in terms of trying to be that strategic about something. Even something like a shooter, when you're playing on a team, it's not likely, not always, but it's not likely that you're going to have that level of strategy with somebody. And it's a different type of strategy, too, because that's like fast twitch movement strategy where this we had time mm-hmm. to sit down and think about everything. Um, it's kind of like yeah. a game of risk or a game of D&D. So yeah, a different dynamic. You're just too. sitting down that's you're cool. really yeah. articulating what you want to do. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. I like that. I like that. There's this game that you'd probably like a lot, Shay, because the soundtrack's very like gothic metal-y, and it's a turn-based strategy game. It's called Other Side, and we didn't really get to it a lot last year, yeah. but it's a, a really well-received game. Maybe if it gets drops on sale this year or on console or something, you'd probably like it a lot, I think. I think you would. I enjoyed it a ton. I've not put as much time into it as I wanted because it's... too much came out last year, and this was another really long roguelike because it's a uh, it's sort of a, a run-based roguelike yeah. tactics game um it has some dna yeah. from like into the breach and stuff like that yeah it's I really cool how many, really though. cool music yeah. and art style yeah. in that game Re- really cool mechanics as well it does an interesting thing where um you can't heal and so essentially you can like sacrifice one of your characters to heal one of your other characters. So you kind of have, um, it ends up kind of almost feeling, is it like, adv- like joining units in advance wars? It's similar, but it's, it's outside of combat. If a unit dies in okay. combat, they're just, they're just dead. Um, but you kind of, you can, you can transfer, um, you know, you can, you can sacrifice one of your characters to be able to level up another one. To, to well not to level them up but to to, cool. to heal them up so you can eventually level them um with with yeah. you'd essentially you'd think okay that just means i'm gonna make a bunch of low level characters and sacrifice them or whatever right away you can you can only heal somebody with a unit that's that's the same level or higher um okay i'll have to check it's, that out it's, I like it's your really bones. interesting give it's me a, your it's, bones it's a game that just happened yeah. to slip by me mm-hmm some really yeah, neat ideas. Yeah, in same there. here. Just the timing was not great, and it seemed like a lot of commitment. Um, but anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, did you? Uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. I was just, I would no, I was just gonna, <laughs> just a fun anecdotal thing. Say it. Um, we were the one outlet 
in the entire world that gave Into the Breach Game of the Year in, 20, in 2018. We were the only ones. It was us. Uh, according to this data. I honestly love that, to be honest with you, because not necessarily that we're, we're like catering to the underdog. I like the fact that we, whenever we make that kind of cumulative list, we aren't basing it off of what we think is the industry standard as the best game. We're basing it off of what we all collectively most enjoyed. And I like that a lot uh, because I know, I, I feel like if I probably worked for a big corporation style gaming outlet that probably there'd be games that would be making people like the collective top 10 list that I would fucking hate. And that's why I'm actually really, really thankful that we kind of have that collective list, even though it's a pain in the ass when we're doing it at the time. Probably a Um, weird time to mention we've been purchased by Viacom. (laughs) I wish because then we, we would tell them like, we're still doing the same shit we're, we're doing right now. We just hope there wasn't enough oversight. You hope when a company like that buys your little outlet, like they're not really paying attention to what we're doing. It's it's tricky when there's only four people because if for whatever reason, you know, that's why we'll generally skew toward a lot of uh, smaller games in that way. But I just thought that was interesting. Not that that you didn't see Into the Breach on a lot of lists, but it was, uh, we would have been the only one that gave it Game of the Year because uh, that's just the way it worked out. it was one of the five games I think Fish yeah. played that year. So All <laughs> <laughs> right. I think I think that that's kind of a thing too, is like Fish was more of an apologist as well for triple A games and also games that he just played in general. Whereas now that Rich kind of plays a little bit of everything, that it's it's gonna be a little bit more varied at times, and then there are other times where Rich is probably gonna like indie games more, like Josh does, and sometimes like I do. Yeah, it's definitely. Gonna be I more think the game of the year in twenty twenty one is going to be Peggle. Huh? I was going to be what? Peggle. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's ridiculous. Peggle too. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, uh, we got a couple things. I'll let Josh go through his his gauntlet of stuff here in a second because he has a bunch of stuff. I don't think that we had touched. Um, let me check a look here. I know you guys played some deep, deep Oracle arc too. Oh, the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer is is really neat. I advise anyone out there that's interested in it, it's worth a shot. I've been playing it a lot. Shout out to patrons, uh, Paul, Bailey, and Danny, of course. Danny D. Um, I, they were playing Godfall with me for a while. Brave gentleman. Ew. And <laughs> fun game, good time. Um, and then Paul's been playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima with me, whatever we can. Um, it's got a short story mode. Like, we've almost had it completed, and we've only played it, like, three nights or so. It's like, like two night. missions. First one's save a cat. Second one's kill God. No, it's 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 pretty... It's, it's, it's... I will say this. The Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer has, in many ways, redeemed that uh, experience a lot for me because you can... All, a lot of the criticisms that we had about the combat are i wouldn't say fixed in the multiplayer but it does alleviate some of those frustrations for example there's no stance changes um which is really nice there's a, a somewhat comparable thing you'll get into later but it's it's different so you don't you pick Isn't a, it a little more cl- gonna, yeah it's more well, class based that's what it is yeah and also if you're online they can't pause your game because 
there are other people there. So just so just that one that one thing stops them from doing absolutely the worst thing any game can do is pause your game and tell you you're playing it wrong. So you should send Sucker Punch a strongly worded letter, Josh. This sounds like someone that needs a strongly worded letter mm-hmm. immediately. Um, and you they use do. one of your wax Maybe I should pause whatever they're doing to make them read Dear my letter too. Sucker Punch. I really <laughs> like. You should put that in the opening line. Pause whatever, pause whatever you're doing. And read And let this me tell letter. you how you're doing something wrong. Dear Sucker Punch, I think Infamous 2 is kick ass. <laughs> Um, somebody asked, somebody asked me that they're like, why are you playing the multiplayer? I know you weren't even that big on the game. I was like, well, some people in the industry that I, I trust were going on about the multiplayer and how interesting it was class-based it was. And they even described, they, they dropped the L word loot. And I was like, yeah. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it's, uh, a really smart tutorial. They take the art style and they get real weird with it. Lots of blood, supernatural demons, fucking crazy pink sky. This is how clever some super, the- supernatural demons as opposed to those natural ones. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember if this was in the game and if it is, I apologize. But there's this one enemy that you can only kill when the lightning strikes, um, because it illuminates their spirit. And you have so you have to wait for the lightning to strike to see the enemy. And I was like, that seems that's really clever. I like that. Um, there is a, a there, there's a duel in the main game that is built around that idea where there's this okay. lightning storm, but that's more of like for effect that it has to do with the backstory of the swordsman you're fighting. It's not like a a practicality of killing him. A thing. mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's smart stuff like that, um, and like I said, it's class based. So you get the Ronin, which is like a warrior slash healer. I was playing the assassin, which is a lot of fun because you can just drop this magical dust and assassinate people, and sneak up. So like I can sneak up on a big a big time enemy from behind, drop the dust, and get a big critical hit in, so my friend can jump in and he's almost dead. Um, you have these nice moments where like you'll sneak up on someone, and they're like okay, I have to use this special bow to drop their defenses, then you can stab them. So I'll sneak up behind an enemy, I'll wait, the arrow will come in, boom! You see their magical defenses drop, and then I stab them. Yeah, these these cool moments like that. Yeah. So That sounds cool. It is. It is neat. It is... The mission design varies from being really interesting, like the lightning stuff, to kind of generic, go save people, do this kind of stuff. Um, and the story's nothing to write home about. It's just some guy babbling on about fucking Omni and shit. <laughs> But uh, but at least there's a story. At least there is a story. Oh, and every time you complete a mission, there's this beautiful music motif that plays. Ooh, oh, it's so it's so sexual. Um, and the you best feel part, that way about most things. Loot, loot. Now I don't think yeah. you guys would hate the loot. You only get loot when the mission is over. And generally speaking, it's not. Um, it's it's upgrade based. It's colored and everything. But all your major cosmetic upgrades are done through leveling up. So like you can change your masks, your the way your sword looks, your outfit. All that stuff is done by just leveling up. That's not loot based that mm-hmm. I can tell. The loot there definitely is loot, but it doesn't seem to affect that stuff. It's just your items, like your weapons, okay. and it is exciting to see like a blue healing gourd drop or something. Like oh. Because I, I don't remember that from, <laughs> I don't remember that from the game, but like you crack healing gourds on your head. Is that something he did in the main game? I can't remember. No. Um, but you have these healing gourds, and he cracks them on his head, like, and this juice drips all over him. I love it. That's um, called uh, samurai juice. Mm. It's, oh, it's so juicy. Ew. Call me so I can make it juicy for you. Oh, yeah, talk about the juice. Call me! <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really, really cool. 
and and I'm kind of a, you know I have my ups and downs about the games, but this sort of completes the. This almost put it on my top ten list. That's how much I love the multiplayer. Well, the year's over. Can't do hmm. it. It's true. Baby, it's true. are you down? 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 I finished the list. I did. I did cheat and put Demon Souls at number ten. I was like, I haven't um, finished this game, but I really like it. You finished the list. Why is it not in my inbox? Hmm. I'm trying to grant. I'm trying to proofread it so you don't yell at me. I'm going to yell at you. Well, listen, you can read that thing 30 fucking times and we both know I'm going to yell at you. Uh, number 10, The Last of Us 2. Number 9, The Last of Us 2. Number 8, The Last of Us 2. Number 7, The Last of Us 2. I only had to do some very basic stuff to Shay's list. He didn't get yelled at at all. What basic stuff do you got to do to my list? <laughs> uh, just, you know, some uh, some grammar correction and italicizing game titles. Bitch, my grammar was great. It was It was pretty good. Pretty Bitch. good. Oh, oh gamer was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty okay. good. You'll actually have to pretty forward good. me the grammar corrections you made so I can study and Well, if you want, I mean, it'll it'll be up in the in the morning from now so you could just look at uh compare it to your original draft. Mm-hmm. Don't okay. argue with Rich Shay. He's the head of that department. He can fire you. Bitch. I you can't even I, I oversee the word three whole right. people. You you say lick Oh, speaking of which, <laughs> whenever you said, do you say I can't spell lickety? Said lately, oh, like lately. <laughs> oh. lately. I can spell lately just fine. You spell it really? Lately. Do it right now. I don't want to. <laughs> I can spell oh. lately anytime I want, Rich. No, no, no. <laughs> Stop. It's L A T E L Y. L A T E L Y. Suck it. Oh, Rich. Funny anecdote. <laughs> anecdotal story here. I'm glad the dictionary had helped about- you out with that. No, I would never do such a thing. Uh, <laughs> it's a thesaurus. I don't, I, a rich, rich, for some reason, whenever earlier Morgan, can you, you spell thesaurus? Off, when they were talking about Wargroove, Rich jumped in. He's like, oh, it's like two people staring at a chessboard. Um, but for some reason, they cut off on my Skype, and it sounded like you said it's like two people staring at a chest. And I was like, oh, that sounds like my kind of strategy. <laughs> you mean like you were like Morgan Horny? We <laughs> we. I need. I don't need two people for that, but we can have a party. Have you guys ever jerked off with a friend in the oh same room? Oh my god, no. See, Shay didn't say no. That a boy, Shay. <laughs> <laughs> I know Josh has a list of games he'd like to get to. Shay's just smiling and he will not say anything. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> it was me and Shay, that's why. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> we were both looking at TikTok together. <laughs> Wait, when was this? The Japanese TikTok is popping. They were horse videos. All right. Yeah, the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer is is really good. Um, so what's this deep rock galactic thing you guys are talking uh, about? It was a fun evening you were invited to and couldn't be bothered to show up to. Um, Shay was with us for a little bit. We we uh, but Josh and I got real into Deep Rock Galactic in a way that I think we're gonna try and go back to soon. Yeah. Um. Yes. This is a game uh where you are playing as dwarves in a space mining company. Um, and basically it's class based up to four players online. Um, each class sort of has a different role and you dispatch to do these mining jobs where sometimes it's as simple as gathering a certain amount of ore and extracting. Uh, sometimes the focus is a little bit more detailed than that. Like, uh, Josh and I did one where we had to build a pumping station inside this mine. 
We did one where we had to harvest alien eggs. And uh Ooh, I love alien eggs. All the classes have like very everyone has their strong suit. Like I played as the driller, whose uh main thing is like as far as weapons go, I'm equipped with a flamethrower and a pistol. So like I can get some good spread in, but when aliens are really swarming down on you, I'm not really equipped. You handle spread in? Because it's a flamethrower. Okay. Um I'm not really equipped to handle like big ones on my own. But You're not the equipped dr- to handle big ones? Oh, yes, God. aliens. <laughs> um, but like the, the one of these days, is... Morgan's gonna have sex, and we can finally have a conversation <laughs> without every other sentence being a. <laughs> yeah, that's really what she me, said, Josh. Joke. Don't curse me. I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to that day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. The, the other classes all have pickaxes for getting through rocks slowly. Obviously, one of the things that sets the driller apart is you have these electric drills that are mounted on the arms of your digger suit. Um, so I can essentially drill straight through rock walls. Like at one point in a mission we were doing, Shay and Josh, uh, went like totally off the path and I'm, they're like, where the hell is rich? I'm like, check your map. And I just like burrowed this mole tunnel. <laughs> just to just go a completely, straight line going just straight to go towards completely the out of the way. Yeah. I like rich delivering that like an action hero. Where's rich? Check your map. <laughs> yeah. <that's> <laughs> But it wasn't like an impressive checker map, but then because they looked at the like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I'm checking it. What's the big deal? I told we'd like gone around in this you huge go, circle. You didn't to need get to do that at all. And- you did like a figure eight in the mountain. <laughs> so what's it? He, oh, he he drew a dick. Okay, okay. That's <laughs> well, now yeah. we're talking our language. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's other classes. So beyond that, they're like, there's, I think. Shay, were you playing as the engineer with the uh, the, the platforms? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I Shay, guess how did they suck you into this? How did they get you into this deep rock galactic? It's nonsense? a fun as fuck game. Like, like I was just told, "Hey, show up for this game, nerd," and I was like, "All right." And then I show up, and uh, I was just being a nerd. You know, it was great. Just a couple of nerds being nerds. Mine yeah, and. Uh... Mining some space stuff, turning off the gravity in the dwarf yep. terminal. Um, my my yeah, favorite I part mean, is running away from everything at the end. It's fun, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I think that's part of the like real appeal of it because one of the things like when it's time to extract, you're like, okay, we got what we need. You need to call the mining drill that dropped you off into the cavern. And there's like a, a bit of like randomness to where it's going to show up. And all of a sudden there's like a five minute countdown going on. And you need to get so, to the drill or it's going to leave without you. And the tremors it's making are causing all the enemies in the area to like scatter frantically and attack you. I, I have a confession that I wanted to do openly on the podcast during the first, the first, because I played two sets of uh, missions with you guys. And after the first one went off and we were so far away from the extraction point and you guys were like, what the hell's going on? And I was kind of just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I purposely hit the did button because I want I wanted the chaos because I love the chaos. It was fun. <laughs> you know what? It was worth it. I mean, we all died <laughs> together. I think that was the one where I tried to oh, drill my way back to the platform and uh, I ran out of fuel like 20 yards away and I got cornered by spiders and killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Shay, one you would have really enjoyed that we did after you left was when we did the build a pumping station mission. And we discovered okay. after you lay down these pipes to these pumping stations, you can grind on them to move around quickly through the mine. And it is so much fun. 
Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to play that game again with you guys here soon. Yeah, we, we will we will definitely do that. We should definitely stream more of that because I think it was a fun little thing to hang out with. Yeah, yeah, a good hangout game. And also since it's on Game Pass, we were we were talking after after you left that it might be a, a fun thing to kind of bring other people in with to fill the uh, last slide and if stuff. Yeah, Morgan's not free on Saturdays, which I think he usually isn't. Um, I mean, if you guys are up for it, I would totally play more of that tomorrow. Same random random Game Pass interjection. I just read this today, as of June of this year. Um. Sea of Thieves had sold a million copies when it launched on Steam and had over 3.3 million people playing Sea of Thieves, which is, that game has actually grown a lot, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. No, it's done really well on Game Pass. It, uh, Random energy. I guess once it launched finally on Steam, because originally well, it was I, I just... think Steam also definitely breathed new life into it because you have a large contingency of people yeah. that yeah. just want all their shit on Steam. Streamers and stuff like that, yeah. Because uh-huh. originally it was just Microsoft. You were playing it, Josh. You bought it on the Microsoft Store, right? And you were just playing with us that way. Yes, and the well, the the Windows Store was a complete fucking nightmare. It still is. It still is. Um, but you can avoid it by using the Game Pass app to be able to download all your games and whatnot from there. Um, yeah, and avoid that absolute garbage. The fire. Windows Store. Yeah, um, be- that's that's the beauty. Like if the game pass app on PC didn't make things so easy, like if you had to go through the windows store, I would not even have PC game pass. I wouldn't put up with it. Yeah, No, no. Like if they wouldn't like, if, if they would force you to then like, okay, by having game pass, you can then go in and find like, it's, it's and download through the windows store. That would not be worth the effort. Yeah, it really isn't. I think, I think that is the only game I have bought through the windows store. Cause it is such a nightmare. I almost bought Minecraft. Because I feel like I need a newer version of Minecraft on PC at this point. Um, That's fair. Didn't. I, feel that. I just didn't, because it's it's still, you have to buy that through the Windows Store. Is um, Minecraft on Game Pass at this point? I'd need to check. I would need I think, to check. I feel like it is. I'm I don't, check. I, actually, no, uh, no, they no, no, it it's not. give it away for free now. It's not. Ugh. All the Minecraft additional material like the dungeon modes and whatnot they've got like all of that on game pass but they don't have Mm -hmm. minecraft just like the base game um because i I was looking at that the other day trying to find if they just had minecraft on minecraft dungeons also a good game yeah i think that's on game pass but anyway that is on game pass yeah yeah um so you played some more haven josh well, no, I didn't play more Haven. I just I've not actually talked about that game. It's been forever. I've oh, talked really? about it slightly on Game of the Year stuff, but I don't Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Anyway, I was every time I've been about to bring it up um like I I think we've mentioned that I was going to talk about it several times and then we didn't. Cuz um, Game of the Year started. Yeah, because Game of the Year started, and then Rich said he was yeah. going to play it, so we'd get to it afterwards. But and Rich hasn't gotten did. to it, and whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about it now, and we'll talk about it Please more when not. he gets to it. I, um, I do actually think it looks interesting, and I want it, like it's basically got JRPG combat. Rich, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to play it. <laughs> no, I think you guys. I think I, I think all of you would like it, kind of for different reasons. Um, I just want it for free. It's on Game Pass. You can uh, you can have it for free. Um, the trophies, 
combat in this game is really simple. It's really straightforward. You essentially control one of your two characters with the left half of the uh, the controller, either D-pad or thumbstick. Um, it's less precise, but it's it doesn't matter. Um, I feel like the thumbsticks feel better, just from a kind of thematic reason. I don't know. I'm whatever. Yeah, because it, it, you're kind of gliding around. You're kind of it's yeah. It's it's got like a really glidey sort of feel to the whole thing, and so so even in combat, I end up playing with the thumbsticks more often than anything else. Um, but the combat has got a really elegant sort of pace to it, where you can, um, with with the four directions on your D-pad and buttons and or just that, but thumbsticks. Um, you can select a command for each character that is essentially kind of like an ATB thing, but but backwards, where as soon as you can control the character, you can have an action, but charging it up takes time. So like, okay, okay I want to defend, so let me push the defend button, and it will not go off until the bar fills up saying that, I can defend now. Um, and it does really interesting things with that, with enemies that will... Uh, well, let me go back to that. You've got defend as an option. You've got a physical attack. You've got like a magical attack. And then you've got purify, which is kind of... Um, almost all the enemies you're fighting are just wildlife in the area that have... Um, infected been infected kind of gone uh a little a little crazy with this uh red rust that's kind of infected the area um mm. and that's making them all really aggressive and so you can you can't get, tell get to them the to like a stun is, is that a spoiler what you, you you danced around that is the red rust a spoiler you can't tell us what it is is that the whole point? Kind of? It's sort of a spoiler. There's like story reasons why all that's going on. Um, it's, it's not like a major thing. It's just like a red rust. That's just what they 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 call it that because there's not an official name for it. Essentially, okay. Given, yeah. but anyway, um, so you essentially you using the two attacks you've got, you get an enemy to like a stagger state, and then you can purify them, which ends your combat with that particular enemy. Um, and so it's a really, really small move set that you've got, but a lot of it is about timing. Like, okay, I want this to go off right now to be able to have somebody hit, you know, this, this character, and then somebody do kind of like a combo to follow up with that. Um, okay. like it's, it's a really simple, but elegant sort of combat system. Like I thought it was going to be too simple at the beginning because a lot of the like really basic enemies there's not much by way of strategy with them other than whether or not you're using magic like whether you're using magic or physical attacks to damage them there, like there's not much other than that um but then after that they go into a lot of interesting places with with how that goes with like different enemies that will um only stay staggered for like a tiny amount of time. So like you'll have to charge up somebody to purify this creature right as somebody else staggers them. Um, and they, they do really interesting things with it, um, which oddly enough, I don't think is the reason most people are going to be playing the game. It's more of a thematic 
narrative sort of thing. But I feel mm-hmm. like because it the, like combat, the combat's deeper than I thought it would be. Yeah, what's well, it is? Yes, like it's it's really elegant. Like it does an awful lot with a very limited amount of tools, um, which I kind of think is one of the reasons I kind of latched onto it like as hard as I like. It's it it works. Like it it it's it's a very simple thing. You're not mechanically going to be challenged by it, but strategically there's 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 more going on there. Um and I think that kinda is the game writ large there. Uh mm-hmm. so much of it seems like it's they're they're getting an awful lot out of um very simple systems, very simple locations. Um, it's yeah, like it. The game, the game accomplishes more than it feels like it ought to. Is kind of what it ends up feeling like after after you're kind of in the world for a little bit. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. It does. It does. A, I mean, it made it to my end of the year music list uh, because I really liked how chill the music was and how much it made me just kind of want to explore the world um Mm -hmm. it's got a survival-esque mechanic you're not gonna like starve to death or anything but you need to eat to heal up and whatnot um so So as light survival yeah light survival um where it kind of ends up feeling like oh i'm going out on this little expedition and then we're gonna go back home and cook all the stuff that we kind of you know, uh, we're gathering along the way, like the different, different fruits, mushrooms, nuts, berries, whatever you can find while you're exploring and doing the, the actual game, you'll kind of bring back home and cook something with, um, with all that stuff. Uh, and have like different little narrative beats. Cause the whole thing is kind of built around this idea of, uh, you're, I think I mentioned this just in brief forever ago when we we're kind of, beginning to talk about the game, but never got to it. Uh, you are playing as these two characters that um, are in love, but the society you're living in essentially chooses your mate based off of what they want genetically out of the population there. So you have no, no history of that ever going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Eugenics never, never, never seen a downside never a problem of that. for anyone. Um, yeah. But essentially, the two of you have fallen in love and have gone to kind of to escape that you've gone to an old abandoned colony where they were going to terraform this planet and eventually live on it. But they just didn't. Um, and so a lot oh, of so the I guess the idea is there's structures there and stuff. There, so yeah, there are not- some structures that were like kind of the ruins of the. Okay, we were going to terraform this place. Let's let's build some housing and whatnot, and then like wait for scout ready. team sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. And so you're getting the story in the game is you kind of discovering why they didn't terraform this place. Um, mm. But like, as far as how it affects you, you're still just trying to make a life for yourself here on this planet uh, and and be left alone. Um, and it's yeah, like I. They just want to be left alone. Exactly. That's all. Yeah. The uh, 
yeah, the the art style of the game is kind of like got a really cool um kind of like cell shaded sort of yeah. but lower po- uh, resolution. Yes, it's it's got like a cell shaded sort of look to like the characters and whatnot, but it's it's way more like neon and watercolory sort of environments. Yeah. Um like cyberpunky? Not I mean that's a bad example, but you know what I mean? Cuz well, the, the soundtrack when you played it was yeah, kind like of Yeah, futuristic sort of like yeah, it's it's sci-fi. It's 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 a, it's a sci-fi sort of a setting. Um more uh, Again, it's using more neon colors and like a watercolor aesthetic, like really clean, which is not neon something yeah. I'm tr- it's kind of its own thing, but like it's it's a lot of it almost feels like much older school, like 60s sci-fi as far as like, you know, exploring an alien planet type sort of a vibe yeah. to it. Um, well, that's what No Man's Sky was going for, like 70s, 60s, mm-hmm. I, I believe, sort of. A thing. Yeah, but simil- similar, but it, it's it's less, it's, it's a less lot of the ideas more... from that sort of era, but then taken in a more... Um, more modern kind of clean sort of a art style mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, looks it looks neat. Haven, Haven, like the name, mm-hmm. Safe Haven. It's really just about you and your girlfriend shacking up in the middle of nowhere. I know what this is about. I've seen yep. the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's peaceful, peaceful. Yeah, I'll, that's what I'm gonna look for. Definitely, sh- I imagine that'll be going on sale sooner than later, probably. So, well, it's, it's on Game Pass. Thing. So if you've uh, if you've got that, it's it's free uh, for you. I know, uh, but trophies. Other than that, I think it's like, do you not get game? You get trophies on Game Pass. Well, you get fucking achievements, and they or they whatever still they're called pop. Yeah. They still pop. I'm you sure don't you need to pass. own the game to get the achievements. No, I don't want achievements. Baby, I have a trophy. I'm building my trophy oh, resume. Oh, God. That's so sad. <laughs> it's a little bit like, sad. The first okay. thing I do whenever I own any console is turn those notifications off. Oh, hurt me, Josh. You wound me. Look, mm-hmm. uh, Josh, I used to say the same thing, but I, I, I saw the light. I've seen the light. There can be salvation in your future. Um, you do occasionally get all the achievements on PC if you like a game, don't you? I do, but half the time it's by accident just because I want all the content in it. Um, for example, see, like, I think oh, I got like one or two away. Might as well just. Yes. Um, I'll like, okay, I'll, I'll go back and do the one thing I need to do for the last achievement. But like, other than that, yeah. I'm not, I don't go looking for the achievements. Um, I do after the fact, if I'm looking for a reason to keep playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yo, totally, totally, totally. Um, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's see here. I definitely look before because sometimes games put those achievements in the game where if you don't get it right away, then you have to start the game completely over to get it again. So yeah, I uh, I definitely sometimes look at the achievements or the trophies to try and see what I need to get. Yeah, oddly enough, that's I think. If you are an achievement hunter, I think that's something the PS5 gets right. Um, because if you open up like the quick menu, it'll show you 
the achievement you're like closest to. I think you may be able to change how it chooses what yeah. what achievement goes up there. Like maybe pick one to to save, but like I feel like it's a really good way to kind of like yeah. quickly check up on that instead of having to go the, like eight menus deep to find them the way you always had to before. Yeah, that's the true. other thing it that's does does really well. well. You can just go to the websites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Morgan is off putting his children to bed, so I'm gonna. He's very off putting. Christ, is he off putting? Incredibly I'm, so. I'm sick of his shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, but um, let's throw it back to Rich really quick. Did you talk about Destruction All Stars yet? I did not. Um, I wanted to. So, uh, I this game um recently launched on PlayStation Plus. It's a new PS5 game. Um, I think it's free through to April. Um, and it's an interesting story because it's a multiplayer game that was originally sort of touted as um, it was going to be a seventy dollar launch title. And now it's free for anyone with PlayStation Plus, and I don't even think like they weren't taking pre-orders on it or anything for that reason. Um, and it ended up being one of those games I've been playing a ton of, and I really like. I think if I had paid seventy dollars for this, I would have been pretty mad. Mm. Um, but as a free-to-play multiplayer experience, I think it's really good. Um, it uh, basically it is a multiplayer online like demo derby game, but it, it feels almost like I was explaining to you guys as it feels sort of like twisted metal with modern sensibilities of like this car combat game meets overwatch. Um, and it has a very like Monday night combat, like big arena sort of theme to it. Yeah. Uh, and basically you pick a hero. There's, I think 18 heroes right now. Um, and the really interesting way this starts is, when the match starts, you're not in a car. You are on foot and you have to run to these platforms with vehicles, at which point you jump and grab a vehicle. Um, there's different types of vehicles. Really, there's three out on the field. There's like more compact car. There's like a midsize, like speedy car. And then there's sometimes there's like VW bus kind of vans and stuff that are the more durable ones. And depending on the mode, like the, the two main solo modes are... Uh, Mayhem and Gridfall. Mayhem, you just you get points for hitting people. You want to wreck over cars and destroy them. And Gridfall is basically the same thing, except parts of the arena floor are flying out, and it's the last one standing wins. But it, it's more interesting than a typical demo derby game because you can jump out of your car at any time, and your car getting wrecked doesn't mean you're you're done. You can jump on the back of other people's car, uh, yeah, other people's cars and hijack them. <laughs> uh, that new cars are constantly spawning on those platforms. You can jump up and grab them. Every character has a sort of ultimate ability where they call in a special unique vehicle for them. Uh, that'll have a sort of unique feat to it. Like right now, people are still figuring out the meta, but I've been seeing a lot of people playing as this one character, Blue Fang, because his ultimate's very simple. It's his car has a fucking bunch of razor blades on the front and they just start spinning and you just decimate people. But Everyone sort of has like more unique flair to it. Uh, and it, it, the cars handle well. And beyond that, for again, a demo derby game, it's all about lining up your shots. So you can use the right thumbstick to either sort of boost forward or boost to the sides to help you get mm. like a good slam in. 
and just do some damage. And I, I think the thing it does best is it just feels really good. That sounds right in my wheelhouse because I really love the Twisted Metal games growing up. Um, Twisted Metal Black, best one to date still. Um, I remember back in 2012 when that one re- dropped for the PS3 and it was it was not what bad. It was a little bit underwhelming. It wasn't terrible, but yeah, it just didn't live up. And it's cool to hear you talk about this because, like you said, it kind of seems like they have modern considerations taken into effect here. And I, to me, hearing you talk about this, it sounds fun and it sounds cool. It just makes me wish that there was a good new Twisted Metal game at the yeah, end of the day. Well, I think this is scratching that itch for me. And I really like the character design feels leaning more towards like an Overwatch or even like in a Fortnite direction or something. But I think it works for the most part. Like, and it's a matter of like finding that character you're comfortable with. There are daily challenges that like encourage you to try different things. Um, Here's a really weird note, because as I was playing this game, it has a very arena combat sort of announcer guy. And the voice sounded so familiar. So I ended up looking up who the announcer was for this. It's Bruce Buffer from the UFC is the announcer (laughs) (laughs) for Destruction (laughs) All-Stars. That is great. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. (laughs) I think you have a good point, though. I feel like if Twisted Metal, if they... put in all the characters from every game they've ever had because they have a ton of characters and they made a battle royale style game. I think it could totally work. They just have like two or three really massive maps. Obviously they have the little power ups everywhere. It would be shorter. It would be shorter maps or shorter games than something like a Fortnite or an apex legends. But basically you have like a 40 car limit or something like that. And you just all hop in and just drive around and try and find each other and just blow each other up and you could even do it to where like you you get one return like one life or like two total lives yeah one one it, come back into that modes like mayhem are totally point based so like you can keep coming back again and again and again and mm. like i said you can get out of the cars like so you that. still still get like points that. for hitting pedestrians like you can hit people when they're not in their cars and you get points for that as well um well, and then just condoning violence rich i don't know if i can go for it's that. a lot of fun i agree uh, some of the some of the multiplayer modes, uh, the the team ba- there's two team based ones. Uh, there's both of them revolve around these same kind of like gearing points that I, I ended up really liking this one called the Carnado, uh, where it's two teams of eight, and basically you want to try and knock people out of their cars, and when they get knocked out, they drop okay. a bunch a bunch of gears around the field, and you can jump out of your car okay, then so- and pick up the gears. So this and- game is promoting manslaughter and not wearing your seatbelt. Check, got it. Well, yes, but they're they're in an arena, so it's fine. Um, (laughs) That makes it all better. (laughs) At which point you want to bank the gears. But in Carnado, the only way you can um, bank gears is by there's a big tornado raging in the center of the arena and you have to drive your car into it and essentially destroy the vehicle you're currently using in order to bank your points. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So I can maybe I missed it. What kind of power ups do you have? Do you have power-ups to, like, blow each other up? Or is it just, like, typical things? The power-ups are unique to the characters. Um, So every character has a power-up that they can use while on foot. And then they have what they're charging is their ultimate vehicle, which then drops into the arena, and it's a car only they can use. So um, an example for that is uh, there's this one character called Box Top, who his entire, like, 
he is wearing a cardboard box over his head. He is apparently a postman from the UK and he calls in a parcel truck, uh, which then sends out these like Amazon drones that home in and attack other cars. Um, That's kind of cool. It, it, yeah, everything's got like a unique style to it. There's a, a character called I think it's El Diablo or El Fuego or something like that. And his car has like mounted flamethrowers on the side. Um, one of the more unique ones that I was kind of getting used to using was there's a character who is built around like these huge speakers around her car. And she's one of the few characters who, when you get her ultimate vehicle, that attack isn't charged off the bat. You actually have to hit a few people first to bank it. And then the car emits like a wide area shockwave. Okay. 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 Well, that sounds really interesting. It sounds a lot, like a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to channel my inner Morgan here for a second. I'm looking at the Metacritic and it's at a 65. Why do you think that, <laughs> why do you think that um, players and reviewers aren't reviewing it like a higher score? Cause it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're idiots. Um, it, it, <laughs> it is, it is one of those things where, like I said, I, I think if this had launched, like they initially intended as a $70 game. And I think they reevaluated that. This game is not worth a $70 price point. Like it has those microtransactions built in for like skins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they feel egregious or in your face, which is kind of what you want out of this. Like if I end up playing, like I play a little bit of this every day. If I end up continuing playing a lot of this, I'll throw them like 20 bucks and grab some skins or something. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not something I would have paid $70 for. I also want to praise the developer for finally dropping a patch today that changes the fact that the in-game voice chat was turned on by default oh god um and in the world of the ps5 i have the, the pulse headset but if you don't have your headset they just they're uh, in your house they're they're coming out of the controller uh-huh it's terrible that's weird <sighs> that's really weird <sighs> hopefully they fix that well possible. they did they did okay they fixed Good. it today Good. Um, it's That's now good. off. It's now off by default, and I will never turn it on. Right. It's interesting. Like, honestly, I don't. I don't give a shit about the scores. Uh, I honestly, as I joked about using Metacritic, I was actually going to read some of the reviews, uh, just to see like what people's general response is. It seems like the people who know what that style of game is, like a twisted metal style, just uh, arena car brawler love what it is and then there are people who are mixed on it that seems kind of the overwhelming idea is they're mixed that they want something a little bit more deeper and involved than what it is and i could understand that being like a 70 dollar game you want something a little bit more involved there but at the same mm -hmm. time what you see is what you get at the end of the, I'm of the also, day is what it kind of sounds like i'm also curious if it's going to be a 70 dollar game later on because right now i don't think you can buy it like if you're not a member of PlayStation Plus, I don't There's think no you can buy it. Uh, I think, and it's not going to be up for one month like PlayStation Plus stuff usually is. This is up through April, is my understanding. That okay. kind of makes sense, could, since you could never play this without their crap. Is kind of the. I yeah. still I still don't know why consoles do. Christ, it's so dumb. But anyway, well, we, um, but anyway, yeah. But having this be something that you get along with your, frankly asinine subscription at this point makes sense also it's a new ip and games like this live and die by their player base mm -hmm. so giving it to everyone who owns this console is the smart move yeah yeah it's kind of what i'm thinking like it 
I, I, I'm curious to see what they'll do with it after, after April. It also has wall running when you're out of your car. That feels real good. Feel like I'm, I'm playing Titanfall. Oh yeah. Uh, Everything should feel like as half as good as Titanfall. Yeah. That's the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I hope that Morgan and Josh, if they get time around to play that game, I'd be interested to hear their thoughts. I don't think, I don't really think it's Josh's style per se, but I'd still be interested to hear him talk about it and just rant and rave about it for a few minutes. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious I think about it, it. I'm, I actually do not like Twisted Metal. I, I don't think they're good games, but I think, but I, yeah, that's the only thing I know this. how to compare it to. I yeah. think it's better than that. And the, the main, like the thing that makes it work off the bat is like these cars feel good to drive. Not in the like we're simulating cars way, but in the arcadey racing game way, which is what you yeah. want here. Everything handles real well. Yeah, like Twisted Metal is one of those things that like I've played it a bunch with friends and whatnot. And it always felt almost as good as like the battle mode in Mario Kart. I'm like, why are people raving about a game that's almost as good as the secondary mode? The secondary in Mario Kart, mode yeah. in another game. Um but yeah, like I can, I can, there's stuff that looks promising here from what Rich is describing. Well, I'm, I'm probably going to give it a shot. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, no reason not to. So maybe we'll, we'll, we can try some of that this weekend too. I'll, I'll fire it up with you gladly. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you end up thinking of it, Josh. Um, we're going to pivot to another game. Speaking of, um, <laughs> I was trying to think of how I could work talking about middling reviews and somehow combining that with medium reviews, but it didn't quite work. We're going to talk about the medium, which is a game that both Rich and Josh played. Um, I'm curious. I don't know anything about this game. Are playing, so... but yeah, yeah, it's Fair fine. Enough. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know how how much time you sunk into it just yet, Josh. I'm probably not like two-ish. as much as I'd like to yet. I kind of. I'd think say I'm like two hours in. Um, I'm around there. I've really not played a lot. Um, nor have I. Um, the. Did you cut the human skin barriers open with the razor blade yet? No. So it's I'm, a really I'm, weird thing to do, and you do it a lot. Uh, yeah. So I'm a little bit further than you. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm very early on in the game. Oddly enough, I think you had headed out by this point last week. Um. But like I was trying to describe what the fuck this game was to Shay the other other day, and so I was explaining the intro, where you are essentially um, trying to track down a tie pin for your dead dad, so you can, ascent, uh, you know, prepare his body you, for his funeral. You have to help him cross over. Yeah, and you have yeah, like as you're doing that, his like the the main character in this game can see the afterlife is kind of the, the big conceit of this game. And, uh, a lot of the time you'll be controlling two worlds at once, like just the normal world. And then the afterlife, um, and side by side, yeah, yeah. side by side, like on the, on screen at the same time, like, um, inputs are affecting both. Um, but they, they get this idea across by kind of having you go through your old house and finding notes. Like the principal sent home a note saying that, you had to be sent home because one of the one of the other kids 
their their grandmother died and even though he thinks you were just trying to help you were giving this student messages from the beyond the grave from from his grandmother um and it was just really messing with this kid um you don't know that at the time but then as as you like kind of you know get farther into the game it's like um no no you you actually just see the afterlife so you totally saw this kid's grandmother and that was actually something she wanted to tell him um but and anyway the the way they get this across is by after finding that tie pin and getting on your your dad's corpse um you're hearing someone banging around the in funeral home in his office and you go in there and you find your dad in there and you can see who clearly doesn't know he's dead yeah who does not know he's dead he's disoriented very confused as to what's going on um which the the reason I've not played a lot of this is just cuz the intro to this game at the time it didn't do much to me but then trying to explain how this game worked so well with the intro to it's Shay, very heavy it's very heavy and also I've had so many experiences with older like my my the rest of my family getting old and not knowing what is going on around them um and so it was one of those things like just describing the situation was harder for me than than experiencing it in the game um yeah and so it's kind of been one of those things i've and let's play some lighter stuff and then i'll go back to it um i think it did something similar to me and i don't know if you how much more you played at that point if you arrived at the new facility if you met mm-hmm. the second spirit you're sort of dealing with yeah um yeah, that's, that's about is, where i stopped so yeah it swings very hard in the other direction because i'm still dealing with that spirit when you're now dealing with a dead child mm-hmm. um who cannot even remember her own name and you just refer to her as sadness yeah um yeah, it, and hearing this this is a studio that does stuff that i like in this sort of sort of vein of of like the psychological it's a team blooper yeah um it's like difficult sort of uh topics that are generally handled really well so yeah i i I trust them with it it was just not what i was looking for immediately after that first first gameplay session i'm like okay i need i need a moment and then we'll get back to it yeah i was gonna say that that basically when you were describing it to me last week josh um that it just sounds so heavy so early on and i think that's going to be a very niche thing to get into not that it's to say it's bad but if if you play games to kind of escape from the seriousness of the world hopping into this game is going to be very very overwhelming I yeah think, for a lot of people and there's a, a lot of moments like that like early on as you, you get the main character marianne as you get more context over and it's one of those things where you start it like when you're living in that world so to speak and you start to like try and understand the, the framework of the character like she says nonchalantly things that are very heavy but i guess would be things she considers at this point in her life um like you find what is presumably a suicide note from someone and she notes that, like, when she was younger, she thought about killing herself, but was too afraid she would just end up trapped in that world because of what she is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that sounds, it sounds like 
it'd be fun to play if you're in the right mindset. You know, I think about last year when I was playing the Darkest Dungeon, when I was going through a really dark, depressing moment of last year for me. How like I'll I'll never be able to play that game again. I'll never want to touch that game again. <laughs> Darkest Dungeon for Two. Let's gear live. up, boy. Um, um. So for for this game, like depending on what you're going through at the time, it, that this game could be really, really emotionally impactful and mentally stressing. So that being said, though, if you're the type of person who looks for a little bit more introspection and deep thought in a game, this might be the thing for you at the same time. Yeah, like it's definitely something I want to go back to. I'm Um, going to keep plugging away at it as well. Um, Gameplay-wise, it's very much like Silent Hill-ish in terms of like puzzle mechanics and stuff like that. Like that is is the thing I can most relate it to. Yeah, it's it's very similar. Okay. Um, It's done a few things sort of like uh, Observer as well that I really like as far as just like trying to hold a location like just thinking about it as a whole place not on that that scale as much because that one's very much built around a location um whereas you're you're moving around a lot more um it, again from what I've seen early on um we'll, we'll we'll see how that continues to go but yeah yeah okay okay we'll, we'll check back in well, with then, that one mm-hmm that's exactly what I was going to say. We will check back in with the medium and we'll see how that story kind of concludes. Cause I'm kind of interested to hear where the story is going to go. And if there's at all a chance of a happy ending within this game, or if it's just going to be like this heavy subject matter through and through. I also don't know if we mentioned this, uh, this one's on game pass. Yes. Well, there you go. If you're, if you're looking to cry, head over to game pass where you can uh, grab this. Grab some tears. A uh, tear-inducing game. I don't know a better way to sell that game than that. But uh, we are going to head over to our second break. We're going to grab some water as we empty ourselves, and we will be right back with the final portion of the Chompcast right after this. What is up, Chomp Nation? This is Morgan here, also known as General Mountain Time. And look, I want to tell you today about our Patreon. That's right. Chomp Nation is growing every day, and if you enjoy what we do, whether it's the Chompcast, our social media, our YouTube channel, Twitter, anything we're doing out there, you can support us. And for just a couple bucks, you can help keep us alive. And honestly, our patrons have basically become family. And I want to go over a couple of the cool tiers we have if you want to support us. And if you don't, that's fine too. We're just happy that you download and check out the podcast. Um, our biggest and most popular tier we have is just five dollars five bucks you get access to early spoiler casts that's right chomping after dark you get those several weeks early you get access to our top secret vip instagram page that's right on the podcast you might hear me say hey do you want to be a vip member of the chomp cast and you say i sure do i sure do well guess what boom that five dollar tier makes you a vip member you get access to this secret Instagram page that has top secret videos and pictures and polls that only VIP members get. And those polls and those feedback questions that we get, if it's a question of the week, for example, are read on the show, we make you a part of what we do. 
Um, so go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can look for our $5 tier, which is probably our most popular. And then from there, it escalates. We have a $10 tier, a $20 tier for Skypes. There's a lot of great things. But just head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Check it out. And if you want to support us, it would mean the world to me, Rich, Josh, and Shay, and everyone else out there in Chomp Nation. Until next time, General Mountain Time salutes you. All right, and we're back from our break. We have one last thing to wrap up. We were going to do some polls. Morgan has seemed to fallen into the toilet, and he has called Life Alert to help evacuate him from the bright. Life Alert was there for me. Water. Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. I've fallen and <laughs> I like, can't turn help, up. I'm, help! I've fallen and I can't even give it up. But anyways, um, I don't know where I don't know what kind of bit I was trying to go for there, but we're gonna we're gonna just that was an old fish. Mm-hmm. We're going to skip past it. And we've got a thing for you. The Patreon shoutouts. Uh, every month, we like to shout out uh, the, Patreon, the patrons who support us, keep us alive every month, keep us going, allow us to make this fresh, dope-ass content, as I'm sure some kids in 2015 would say. Um, but anyways, <laughs> let's get really quickly. Hella fresh. Hella dope fresh. Uh, let's get into the Patreon shoutouts. So, <laughs> how do you do, fellow kids? Welcome. <laughs> the number Welcome of gang officially. signs that were just thrown in this chat uh, were uh, zero. Uh, welcome <laughs> officially to 2021. If it's a new year, or excuse me, it's a new year. Fingers crossed that it's better year for each one of you. You listening, my co-hosts. Uh, the patrons, but also to the U.S. and the world in general. Let's hope that this year is a lot better. From the bottom of my heart, I don't think that we would have survived as a company in 2020 without the support of our amazing patrons. I know that I ended the year as this kind of sappy as hell last Patreon shout-out, and that was at the end of December. Um, well, good news. I'm going to do it again. And after this week, it will be just funny Patreon shout-outs from here on out but today to start the year i wanted to do one more quick sappy one um so seriously thank you a huge 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 thank you to each one of these people who have supported us uh within this past month i want to shout out danny p thank you very much uh for being consistently the highest donor that we have thank you so much uh, Bernadette, John, Jay Holbro, Lisa, The Rev, and Zach H. Thank you guys so much for your very generous tier and your tip and your money and your support. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you to Brian, Ivan, Josh M, Josh L, Kane, Larissa, Paul, Raul, Ryan, Stefan, Sai, The Zalbi, Tawny, Vince, Corn Space. Thank you guys so much. Um, I hope you're enjoying those shirtless pics that Morgan has been posting on the private VIG. VIG, VIP. Very IG important, page. Gooch. <laughs> very, very important, Gooch. But no. In Morgan's case, very impotent genitals. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I'm sure our patrons will tell you, the hairbrush picture was, uh, was something. Um, 
Uh, but anyways, uh, let's move on from that. I don't want to remember that. Anyways, uh, thank you guys so much. <laughs> thank you to Chance, Fletch, and Eric, and James. Thank you guys so much for your guys' support. Um, even if, even if it's a tiny bit, seriously, any little bit means the world to us because it allows us to continue to make content. It shows that basically there are people out there who love our content and want to keep listening. So um, enough stroking our dicks. Seriously, thank you so much to each one of these wonderful uh, people who continue to support us uh, day in, day out. Not with just their money, but their uh, support in the Discord. If you are interested in the Discord, by the way, um, privately message us on any of the platforms, whether it's uh, the Swordchomp Instagram, whether it's uh, Morgan's page, whether it's our page on Twitter, um, whether it's me directly, or... If you really are just like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you guys, just email us at swordchomp at gmail.com. Um, but not just support in the Discord, support uh, in topics uh, in terms of giving us things to talk about when you guys comment, uh, when Morgan posts those on the Instagram, um, commenting whenever I put up a Patreon poll or I put up Patreon content. Uh, seriously, you guys supporting us is amazing. So thank you for keeping us alive during 2020 as in the company um seriously thank you so much uh do you guys have yeah. any final things you want to say you don't have to just yeah yeah I, I wanted to say that uh i do this every month because i'm an idiot um nod along as shay reads out all these names and uh do a little you know thank you hearts and whatnot in audio format podcast but Yes, thank you to everyone that supports us, to everyone Shay just read out there. Um, it really does mean a lot. It, it's a... Uh, we, we love doing this show, but having it not be a financial burden to do is really, really helpful to making it not be a stressful thing to you know to have somebody helping us accomplish all this is is really really great so, so the next you. step is profitable yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah no while you're on that note i uh, obviously thank you to everyone that's helping to fucking keep the lights on here and a special thanks to as we wrap up my first year here um to everyone welcoming me on board and this sort of weird transition in the middle of a pandemic of joining the team that didn't really affect us in any way. Cause the show has always been done over Skype, <laughs> but it's just, it's been a weird time and it's been uh super fun to be a part of this. And I'm super thankful for it. Yeah. It's, it's weird to think, yeah, it's been a year, but it feels like you've been here forever and that's a good thing to me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you're here, Rich. Mm-hmm. Despite what everyone else says, I'm I'm very happy that you're here. <laughs> what, are the, what are they saying? I was rehearsing a secondary bit in my head that I passed up on, where I was just gonna go thank you to and just start like saying the name of Muppets. Well, that would have <laughs> like, been, uh, been thank cool you to Rizzo book. and Beaker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Morgan would have come back. Like I don't think any of those are actually Muppets. <laughs> thank you to Oscar. Uh, Guy thinks he you. knows shit about Muppets. <laughs> Big shout out to Sweetums. And uh, and the Swedish chef. Mm -hmm. Yep, gotta gotta make sure you get them in there. The count, the count's the hella freshest dopest of our supporters. Ah ah ah. <laughs> 
one but, uh, one uh, podcast. Uh, if you have anything pressing that you <laughs> you need to email us about, <laughs> if you guys have any suggestions for the show, like you want to be a guest on the show, you think you have a specific thing, um, like anything at all. I'm saying basically anything you want to email us about. I'm not saying we're going to comply with it. I'm saying if you want to email us for anything at all, um, any business opportunities, anything like that, head over to swordchomp at gmail.com. Uh, like, like we've just been talking about, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp if you want to support us at all for um, anything. We have many different kind of tiers there. I'm sure you've heard in the commercial that was running earlier sh- through the show. If you didn't skip it, um, it means the world to us, keeps, keeps us going, allows us to make more content, which we're going to be working on that here within the upcoming months. We're going to be trying to make some new content for you guys. Uh, so we're trying to start taking care of the smaller things. That way we can start expanding. Um, if you want to head over to redbubble.com slash people slash sword chomp, we have some merch there. If you want to rep us, uh, please send us a picture. If you end up buying any kind of merch, it doesn't matter what it is. We want to feature that on the, on the social media and we want, we want to feature it, it and you on the site. And we want to say thank you. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that major, like I said, discord, just email us and we will get you the, the discord information. If you want to join that, um, you do not have to be a patron member in order to join that. And there are a lot of amazing people there. Uh, we have playlists every month, Spotify playlists that everybody contributes to. Um, people contribute their recipes. Like it's, it's a full on community there. So if you want, if you're interested, just come hang out. Uh, you're not required to participate. If you end up joining, just come hang out. There is a two drink minimum. That's right. That's right. There is a two drink minimum. Uh, Last thing that I can think of before we get out of here is uh, make sure you follow us uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Uh, That's where we post the most uh, information. Morgan does a lot of polls there that uh, get talked about weekly on the show, as well as he throws the topics in general to the public there. And we read your comments on the show. and Twitter, uh, I'm a little bit more inconsistent with Twitter, but basically I just post the ramblings of my mind that have to do with gaming or just social issues in general. I try and keep that to a minimum, but there are times where I feel like it's necessary. But anyways, uh, follow us there. And thank you if you've listened this long to the show. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back next week for another amazing, exciting episode of the Chompcast. Take care.